are listening to the Heavy Metal Hangover, where the beer is always cold and the music is always heavy. With your hosts wearing jeans and leather, not Cracker Jack clothes, Rex and Duff. Welcome to another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And we have absolutely no idea what we're going to do tonight. <laughs> nope, we're just <laughs> We have just gonna... decided... We, we spent the last probably 20 minutes talking about what we were going to talk about tonight, which sometimes we, we say this all the time, like the best conversations we have are before and after we record or in the middle, which we haven't done a break in a while. But this time we spent the last 20 minutes going, uh, well, what do you want to talk it's about? It's going to be hard. I don't know. I don't know. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. What do you, I mean, it was, it was the dumbest conversation and we decided, ah, to hell with it. Let's just hit record and it's go. It's going to be hogwash. Let's just do it. No, no. You know what? Let, let let's just we we all I mean, look, we don't <laughs> it's not like we script anything we say. I know. We we always try, but we always do try to be extreme, not the band. Not the band. I, I swear to god, people I I tell them about I tell them that, you know, by the way, I don't like walk up to people like, "Hi. I <laughs> uh, do you know who I am? I I do a podcast." You know, I I'm not Eddie Trunk, you know, I don't announce my I don't announce myself and say what I do when I meet people, you know. I, mean, I don't even talk about my work when when anybody talks about well, what do you do for a living? I'm like, I don't make money. Like, what do you do for a living? I don't know. <laughs> no, make. Does it matter what I do for a living? Are you gonna hang out with me at my job? <laughs> do you want to do it for? I mean, that's fine. How about I sit there and you do my job for me? I'll just get. And paid. then I hate it, dude. And then the worst part is when people walk up to you and be like, "You got your rent money?" and you got to say, and I said no. I said no. <laughs> Everybody funny. Now you uh, funny too. Dude, that, you know what? What, what? People asking you, oh, so what do you do for a living? It, it's just bad. You know what? The, the worst question, though, is when someone walks up to you and says, hey, what are you reading? It's like, if I wanted to be interrupting dick, I wouldn't have a book in my hand. Like I, I hate that. I hate people. I swear to God, I hate I, small talk and crap. I hate that stuff. But like, seriously, like I don't. You know, I know I know there are people out there that like, oh, well, let me tell you what I do for a living because that's why I'm important. Piss off. I don't care how important <laughs> you think you are. You know, really, I don't. Like, I just don't care. But I don't, the point being is I don't mention all the time I have a podcast. Unless, of course, it's like it's relevant to the conversation. You know, sometimes I'm like, oh, I was just talking about that on my show last week. And sometimes I do that. And it, that is not like, you know, a cheap attempt to, to to bring it up. It's more just like I talk like that and then I forget, oh, I'm probably talking to someone who doesn't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, but it, it, it's it's like, anyway, the, the point of the story was I tell people, it's like, oh, yeah, we, we don't, we're not scripted. They're like, how do you? I'm like, well, half the time we don't have a topic. What do you mean? I'm like, literally, we turn the microphone on, we introduce ourselves, and that's it. <laughs> that, uh, that no, 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 no. I, I actually let me say this: we both do have a pick of the week this week. Yes, we do. I, I, I haven't. Okay, let, let me let me just throw this out right now. I have an actual pick of the week. I don't know how many times this year a record I got excited about coming out was out. I mean, okay, so let me see what I've got in 2016. Hold on. Or 2016. It's 2016. Sorry, I was just looking at it. I was looking at a file from 2016. So let me see. Uh, new Bloodbath. That was pretty awesome, right? Um, 
Autopsy, that was this year. That was pretty cool. The new War Kings is awesome, right? All right, cool. New Blind Guardian is awesome. Um, new Obituary is awesome. I, you know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at this going, okay, I've got a half a dozen really cool albums. I've got the new Enslaved is really good. The new Steel Panther is really good. So there is a couple of those that I whip my Skippy over. You know, the, the new Autopsy, this is not our mid-year review, but the new Autopsy, seriously, is awesome. Um that 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 is a record that I that I would will really listen to moving forward. Uh, um, the new War Kings I will listen to moving forward a lot. The new Blind Guardian blew me away. It is the heaviest record they have ever done, and I don't know, man. It it is like Blind Guardian. I know they're power metal, but sometimes they're heavy, and when they're heavy, they're just really awesome. But there haven't. <clears throat> There have been records that I was looking forward to. <clears throat> there are records that I got and I really liked. You know, Autopsy, for example. I like Autopsy. I've liked Autopsy for a long time. Admittedly, though, I'm a casual Autopsy fan. You're probably the same. Like, when I listen to Autopsy, I'm like, man, these guys are awesome. And there's times when I want to listen to them, but they're not they're not a band on my regular rotation. Um and and when I listen to them again, it's just like wow, what a cool band, you know. But that that's kind of where they where they where they where they exist. Um, but I was like, hey man, new autopsy, looking forward to it. But the record was, you know, it exceeded my expectations. I mean, it did. It, it completely exceeded my expectations. You know. You know that, that, that you know it. it go ahead. I, I was going to actually say to you, you know, that that brings up an, an interesting topic, like. At what point do you be like you just said like I am a casual autopsy fan, right? And, and it, it really sounds funny when you say that. You know, I'm a casual <laughs> autopsy fan. I'm not. I'm not well, into. And I'm not talking. I'm not talking about the band. I'm just. If, if a normal well, person were to were to hear you say, "I'm a casual autopsy fan," <laughs> like, well, dude, one, actually, <laughs> wow, this was back in like 2004. No, it was 2004. I know it was. Um, I was working at this little video store, not Blockbuster. I was working at this little video store when I was in graduate school, and there was this uh, this girl that worked there, and. Um, she was about my age, and I. She was really into metal. I just remember that, and somehow we started talking about like how she was really into death metal, and I was telling her that I had. I feel as if I had just recently seen Morbid Angel or something. Anyway, the topic of me seeing Morbid Angel sometime near there um, came up in the conversation. And I mentioned how Suffocation was the opening band. Well, that's one of her favorite bands. And she says something like, oh, my God. Like, I love Suffocation. Dude, someone thought that was like, she meant like, you know. <laughs> she likes being choked. <laughs> she, I swear to God. No, no. They're, they're like, well, what? She's like, and here's me thinking. And somebody you know, comes running me. through the cowboy doors. <laughs> <laughs> no, here, here's here's me sitting there thinking like, dude, if she was kinky, trust me, we wouldn't be having this conversation. We'd be in the backseat of my car. Come on now, <laughs> you know. But like, no, it's just funny. That that kind of stuff is 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 always funny when you. <laughs> oh, I like autopsy. Well, you know, hey, hey whatever you're into, man, you know. Hey, hey you know. What? Uh, <laughs> oh God, that Sam Kinison routine. You know, remember when he talks about like the guys who go into the funeral home? Wait. What is that? Ow! Ow! <laughs> and they start like humping the dead guy. 
guy. Oh my oh, god, god! Oh my god! Yeah. There's a in my. You know, oh god, it's so funny. Oh man. He's like, oh, oh you know, god, death is, is so, so bad. Wait, wait, what's this? Oh god! Oh. <laughs> it was like it was necrophiliac rapists or something like yeah. that. God, it is the, it is the, it, it's it's amazing. Anyway, well, not 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 that, but this. Well, maybe it is. I don't know. <laughs> well, well, hey, look. <laughs> hey, with the with the kind of with with the kind of people that would listen to our show, there's probably someone going, yeah, dude, it's pretty cool. <laughs> it's pretty funny, huh? <laughs> it's pretty funny, huh? Um, uh, but, but anyway, like, so it's so okay. It, admittedly, like, surprised, pleasantly surprised by the new autopsy. Well, but I wanted to ask you, like, yeah. and maybe this is something we could talk about. Like, oh, you were talking about casual fan. Yeah. yeah what, what makes you? What's the difference? At what point do you cross over from casual fan, and you become like an actual like? You know what I mean? Because I've always wondered that because I I own a lot of discographies from bands and it's mostly because I enjoy listening to the music and I want to support these bands that I like. Right. But like you're right. I own every single except for one. I own every single Autopsy album. And the album you I don't the one own that you don't want to look at the cover. Yeah, the yeah, album I, I don't own has a dude holding poop in his mouth, and that that's really all you need to know about that. I just can't get into the, that. The, the only the thing and about that record though, the whole album the is about, about poop. That- the only thing about that record, though, is every time I see the cover, I just think Caddyshack, and it makes me laugh. Yeah, but anyway, I do too. I think, it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. <laughs> he finds a baby Ruth in the swimming pool. It's all right. It's all right. And the woman passes <laughs> yeah. out. The, la- the last time I was on a plane, that's the movie I was watching. Like I was watching it in the uh, in the plane. <laughs> I'm like, oh look, boobs! <laughs> they're on the back of the seat. <laughs> this is great. And they're in my face. There are boobs in the plane seat. I love this stuff. This is the best. You make sure to this note the, the make sure to note the airline. <laughs> oh man, thank you, JetBlue, for everything you did for me that day. Uh, <laughs> no, but I was gonna say, I feel like, bad for the person sitting next to me. That's all I have. But I was gonna say, say like, go I own every autopsy album minus that one. But I would never in a million years say, oh, I'm a huge autopsy fan. Like, I would never say I'm a huge yeah, autopsy well, fan. I would never say. I would even go as far, you know, I, w- I would say, like, I own every single Coroner album. Love Coroner. Love them. Never would say that I'm, like, a super fan. I'm a casual yeah, fan. Mean, I'll listen to them. I'll enjoy them. But if you ask me to, like, oh, well, name all their albums and every single track on the album, I'm going to be like, yeah, no, that's not happening. Well, you know, what's funny, but see, this is what's weird. Every album I could maybe do, but not every track on every album. You you and I, but see, that this is where, this is where we get weird because I am aware that I am a pretty obsessive fan of of metal. I mean, you know, classic rock too. I don't want to say I'm not, because that certainly is a big part of it as well. But I am a huge, it's a huge part of my life. It's a huge part of yours. It's, you know, we both, both of our careers have, you know, we're rooted in things that we got. I mean, you know, um, you, something we did in our old band basically led you down the, the, the avenue of what you do for a living. What, something that I did in our band led me down, was, was my first introduction to the world that I work in now, you know, like my area. And it's, 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 it's so I, I get it, man. So here's what's weird for me is like, Other people's definition of being a big fan of something is probably different than my definition, but I want to make it clear that I mean that about me. 
Like, I, if you say you're a big fan of something, I'm not going to do the name five songs thing. I'm not going to do it. No, I'm not either. And, 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 and so here's why. Because if you call yourself a fan of something, awesome. Dude, be a fan of it. That's great, you know? Like, like well, I did, I did see that. I sent it to you. There was that. Or maybe you sent it to me. There was that picture of some guy at a hockey game. And his jersey said, I love boobs. And my initial reaction was, I quoted Muddy Ducks. I'm like, you might be wearing that jersey, but you didn't earn it. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't earn it. I'm like, dude, no, no, you're wearing my... Anyway, um, so for other... Whatever whatever someone else's definition of fan is, I'm never going to question it. My thing is like... This is going to sound elitist. Don't take it that way. What I mean is this. I might say that I am a casual fan of a band and I have more of a relationship with that band's music than someone else would say they are a big fan of something. And all I mean by that is I just I know that I am an obsessive fan of heavy metal. I'm not better than anybody else. That's not my point. I just I know an obs- I'm obs- I'm an obsessive heavy metal fan. So like, to for me, I love Autopsy, but I can't put Autopsy in the same category as Iron Maiden, as, as an example. Clearly, I am a pretty obsessive fan, uh, dude. A, a band like Fate's Warning. I will gladly consider myself a huge fan of Fate's Warning. Like, I'm, a, I'm an obsessively huge fan of Fate's Warning. Um, and and have been. You know, we were talking about them. There. Have been since high school. Love those guys. Like, literally, one of the bands I listen to more than anybody is Fate's Warning. Well, you just listened to their Parallels record. Like, I forgot how good this record is. I'm like, yeah, they're an amazing band. But my point is this. Like, I would consider myself a huge fan of Fate's Warning. You would probably consider yourself a casual fan of Fate's Warning, meaning you get into kicks, sometimes you listen to it, maybe you listen to a few of their albums, when they're on, you like them, but would you count them among your favorite bands? I would guess probably not. Uh, dude, I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but you get my point. So when I, I guess, so I, I mean, I, I guess what I'm saying, and you know what, I actually think this is a good point. I... This might be the most poignant thing that I've said in a while, and it might be the most well-thought-out thing I'll say tonight because I don't plan to say anything else well-thought-out tonight. I think the word fan is a title that you give yourself, and you're the only one who can really establish that. I think if you are a fan of something, that is because that is your decision. You you feel like you're a fan of something. You feel like you're a big fan. You feel like that is that is on you, because someone else's definition of what a fan is that's them. There are people out there that if you are a fan of well, look at yourself, the New Jersey Devils, right? I know you're a big fan of the New Jersey Devils. There are people out there that would say you aren't because they can rattle off every stat in that damn team's history. You're like, dude, I I had season tickets. I went to games. I'm a goalie. I play hockey. But you can't sit around and spend every waking moment reading stats about, about them. So in their opinion, you might not be fan enough for them. But you're a fan in your mind. And that, that's that's a thing. It, it's one of those like it's a it's a I think I think the word fan is a personal thing. 
So for me, my definition of casual fan about me, not about anybody else, is that exactly? Hey, look, I like Autopsy. I like him a lot. You know, I, I'm I'm with you on the on the um, the Caddyshack record. I won't listen to it because I don't want to look at it. Um, like by the way, normally disturbing album covers are like, man, like like that's like you would pick it up just because it's disturbing. But I'm like, nope, nope, not watching this one. Sorry, I mean, it's buddy. Not, it's not disturbing. It's not like I'm like, oh, that no, that it's stupid. Not all, it's just I'm just stupid. think it's dumb. <laughs> like, no, yeah, and no, literally no, 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 I, the entire album lyrically is about poop. Yeah, yeah, and it's probably a lot of fun. Um, but no, I, I just, uh, so yeah, I'm a casual fan of autopsy. I, I am. Uh, uh, hey, awesome. Uh, dude, uh, Chris is an awesome drummer, you know, but do he, one of the founders, you know, he's one of the, one of the original death metal drummers. I mean, he really is. Um, again, dude, we're not going to go into the who invented it, blah, blah, blah. There's no right. There's never a right answer to that. And I don't care. But Chris is clearly one of the pioneers of death metal drumming. Now, again, you could say, well, he was basically taking what Dave Lombardo, blah, blah, blah. I don't care. Because then, of course, you could just say Dave Lombardo was just doing what Tommy Aldridge was doing. Who was just doing what? Well, hell, you know, <clears throat> John Bonham ripped off, the, you know, his one of his most famous drum parts from uh, Carmine Apathy. Like, whatever. Like, we could do this crap all day. You know, the band Death was one of the pioneering, I don't give a crap about the word first, they were a pioneering death metal band. Chris being, I, I, was he on their first record? I always forget if he was on the first record. I think he was on the first record. I think so. Um, I, think it's, I, I think it's the first record he's on. It, it, I'm going to look it up because it's going to bug me if I don't. Um, but he... He's in, he's important. I think he's on Scream Bloody Gore. He had to have been. Let me see. Yeah, Chris Reifert. He's on Scream, Scream Bloody Gore. Because he was only in the band for a little while, like right at the beginning. But, dude, what was that record? 86? 86? 86. 87. So, like, yeah, he's a, he's a pioneering death metal drummer. And, yeah, you know, by today's standards, blah, blah, blah. Dude, he's awesome. He does vocals. Live his vocals, you can't. He just goes, like, he doesn't even try. Because he's doing, he's playing drums in a death metal band. The fact that he's doing vocals at all is commendable. On the records, they they actually sound pretty cool on the records. But but again, I don't know, man. Like, no, I can't name every track off an autopsy record. I can't. I, I I could tell you which autopsy records I listen to a lot. Because there's a there's a handful that I listen to a lot, and actually, oddly enough, their some some of their most recent records, I I are the ones I listen to the most. I mean, the, I I I I was only, I mean, I was I was late to the game with Autopsy. Um, they were a band I was aware of. You had to be aware of them. Um, you know, Severed Survival, that, that album cover is just so iconic um, that, that I get it, right? But realistically, like, I, I never spent much time listening to him. I was like, oh, cool, Autopsy. It was Macabre Eternal in 2011. When that record came out, that's when I went, holy crap, these guys are way better than I remembered. Way better than I remembered. 
And we we can talk about that in a minute too. But like you know that th- those awakening like, well we've we've mentioned this story before. Like where where has this band been all my life? So I one hundred percent yeah. Um, so but it was, well, let's only circle back to where I was going with this originally. This year, I have bitched about a lot of things. Eddie Trunk, suck ass metal magazines. I bitched about them a lot, but. I've also I've also borderline whined <laughs> that I had been disappointed with how many releases have come out so far. I know it's only mid-March. It's actually St. Patrick's Day when we're recording this. I know it's only mid-March. So it's really hard to but I guess it it just took a little longer than I was expecting. Uh, oh, the new Riot City record is great. That's the one that you would think was like a, a Judas Priest record. Um and like the records look like you know, Judas Priest record. Uh, so, I mean, yes, there's been a handful of great records that come out this year. I just felt like I was kind of like, wah, wah. well, anyway, this week, and any of those records, to, to clarify, any of those records were records that, oh, let me look. Pretty much every single one of these was a record I was interested in in listening to. They were bands I liked, but the records exceeded the expectations. So let me clarify. Up until now, the records that I've really liked are records that exceeded the expectations. This week, two albums were released that I was excited to listen to for the first time. Meaning, the other ones were like, oh, it's a new Blind Guardian. Let me check that out. Holy crap, this is great. These are two I was really looking forward to. So the, the one that's going to be my pick of the week, um, uh, it, it's because I have not listened to the other one, only one track, but I'll, I'll talk about that in a minute. The band Redemption put out a new record this week called I Am The Storm. Admittedly, I had no idea this was coming out. I found out this was coming out a couple of days ago, Tuesday maybe of this week. I found out it was coming out. I went, holy crap. I went to Amazon, immediately pre-ordered it just to make sure that I would get it. It's going to be here, I think, tomorrow or Sunday. Um, well, you know, so it, I will have it by the time you listen to the episode, but I dude, I I'm like okay, no, that was a no questions asked. Oh my God, Redemption's putting out a new record. To describe what Redemption is, it is um, it is a band that is uh, completely run by a guy Nick Van Dyke. He is um, I don't know what he, I, I don't even know if he still is, but at least at one point in time, he was the CEO of um. Activision Blizzard in the United States. So he was a big, you know, corporate exec for Activision Blizzard and all that sort of thing. And um, for all you nerds that play World of Warcraft. Is this, you said his name was Nick Van Dyke? Uh, something like that. It's, I, I think that's, I'm assuming that's how you Does pronounce it. Does he often it, trip over an ottoman? I, I would hope so. Mm, okay. Um, But anyway, it's his band and... Uh, they've been around. I don't know. I, I want to say early two thousands, and I'm gonna I'm gonna check myself on that just to not completely be full of crap. I'm gonna say early two thousands. Um, let's see. Yeah, oh three. So I, I wasn't wrong. So on their first, I want to say couple of records, um, Ray Alder from Fate's Warning um, was producing them. Was producing them, and they're they were the prog. I mean, I mean for. For sure, they were um, they were prog records. Um, on their first record, record, Jason Rulo, who is the drummer for Symphony X, that looks like a Hobbit. If it, 
seriously, if you've never seen the drummer for Symphony X, he's a hobbit. It, 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 if, the, if there has ever been a living hobbit, hobbit, it is him. Like, quite literally, he's a hobbit, and he's really short to match the fact that he's a hobbit. Hold on. Rex, do me a favor. I'm not making this up. Wait till this goes through. Click on that link and tell me I'm not wrong. Mm, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's a hobbit. He looks like his name would be uh, Pippin. Yeah, no. It, he, I, it, he looks it, like he's it, talking he's awesome. about second breakfast. And if I'm not mistaken, Stupid for a while when, when the um, when years ago when Symphony X was kind of like in, they weren't a hiatus, but they weren't really doing much at the time. I want to say he was like a food truck owner or something. Anyway, um, so the, their first record had Jason Rulo on it. It had um, uh, I don't remember who else was on it, but oh oh Bernie Versailles used to be in the band too. Who um, uh, what's the band that Bernie Versailles was in that I know? Um, hold on. You're the one who, uh, there was a band he was in that you liked. Uh, I'll figure it out. Hold on. Uh, come on. I swear he was in a band that you liked. Agent Steel? Uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. He I usually think of that as being Juan Garcia's band. Yeah. Yeah, he was, but he was in that band. Um, he did the Pleasant Shade of Grey live record with Fate's Warning, uh, but anyway, he was in Redemption until this mortal coil. I I, I don't know. Um, I like early Agent Steel. Later Agent Steel's okay, but not as good. Anyway, sorry. I want to say no. It's okay. I want to say he had some like sort of health problems or something. Um, but anyway, um, on their first record, Ray Alder. Uh, I think he produced it, or he he did like some. Um, he did a couple of tracks on it. Um, but then on their second record, Ray started being their singer. Why am I telling you this? I'm telling you this because they ended up being kind of a I mean, it's not a prog rock super group, but it kind of is because it was one of those where like you just had really, really great musicians from other bands, but I mean, it, it's hard to say super group when you're not talking about like people like Bernie Versailles, like he's awesome, but he's not, you know, he, you know, not your typical like household name in metal. But anyway, you get my point. Um, so this band just, they, it was this project that he was doing. Well, anyway, the record that really turned me onto this band came out in 2009. It's called Snowfall on Judgment Day. I list when, when we did our top 50 records years and years ago, I listed this among my top 50, probably relatively high because I think. It is a uh, just an, an unbelievably good record. Um, it the, the the song "Walls." I know you know that song, but um, th there's a song in there that James Labrie from Dream Theater does vocals on, and he, it's incredible. Um, he's he's one of those vocals where it's like I know James Labrie is is very divisive. You like him or you hate him. I like him, but I don't always like him, meaning like I, I think he's a great singer. I've always liked his voice, but I don't think it always fits, and I don't think it fits Dream Theater when they're heavier. I thought it fit this record perfectly. I thought it fit this record perfectly. Anyway, Snowfall and Judgment Day, I kind of obsessed over that record um, and still kind of do. Um, well, they put out a couple more records, and then The Art of Loss came out in 2016. Amazing record. Um, but after that... Um, Ray had to leave the band, and um, I don't, I, I, I don't know why. I, I, my, 
assumption <clears throat> is that he's in Fate's Warning. He and by the way, Ray Alder of Fate's Warning doesn't live in the United States; he lives in Spain. Um, they they were probably just busy. I mean, it was a time thing, and you got to realize that Redemption is not a touring band. They put records out. And I think they've played a couple of the, like, prog power festivals. They're not a touring band. Clearly, when you are a CEO of a major corporation, you're not taking two years off to go live in a van, you know, and get paid 300 bucks at the end of the tour, you know, <laughs> like Derek Roddy did. Um, so, anyway, he left, and Tom England, the, uh, the vocalist for Evergrey, jumped in and did vocals for me. You know, if you know me at all, you know I'm a massive Evergrey fan. And he did the record Long Long Night's Journey into Day. Um it, it's a uh, uh, it's an incredible record. It came out in uh, 2018. There's a song called um Someone Else's Problem. <laughs> the 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 lyrics of that song. Oh my god. By the way, um if you want uh some great lyrics, Someone Else's Problem by Redemption are awesome. Like like the, the the chorus. I fought, I tried, but I will bleed for you no more cuz you're someone else's problem. I struggled, I cried, but I'm paralyzed no more and you're someone else's problem now. Like it's awesome. <laughs> um and uh, th there's another song on it called um 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 Echo Chamber which is uh, a very, very, very well-written song about the current state of, like, politics and internet discourse and things. Like and by the way, I don't mean... It's not political. It's about people being in echo chambers and people not being able to talk to each other. It, it's that sort of thing. It's a great record. Well, anyway, they put out a new record. It's called I Am The Storm. Tom is back doing vocals for them. And, I mean, look, hearing that Ray Alder left the band was hard because I, I'm a huge fan of Ray. Um, again, huge fan of Fate's Warning. The first two interviews I did in radio were Bobby Blitz from Overkill was my first one. And right after that, I interviewed Ray Alder from Fate's Warning. Those are my first two interviews. I, I didn't interview some local band, you know. I interviewed, you know, Overkill and Fate's Warning. I was an obsessive Fate's Warning fan even then. Um... So when I heard he was leaving, I was like, oh, man, that, that, uh, but Tom England is the perfect guy for this band because Redemption's vocals, their lyrics have never been happy. They, they've always been very morose. Just they're great. I really, really love, I love this band. Um, and Tom's vocals are just, they're awesome for it. I know I talked about this a lot, but I'm, I'm talking about this band a lot. Mainly because you know they're, they're an important band to me, and I and I really really love them. But it's also in the world of you know top five prog bands you have never heard of, as Loudwire would say. No, look, I I know for a fact there's people listening to the show that know who these these guys are. No, for a fact there's people who probably heard them. There's probably some of you that are fans of them. I, clearly, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying it took me a few records of theirs to know that this band was around. Uh, you know, and I'm a, and I said it because I'm a huge Ray Alder fan. Like I was like, how I didn't even know we put those first two records out. You know, so um, if if you like, 
I, man, I hate saying Prague because people, when they think of Prague, they, hmm. this is Prague in the way that like really, really early dream theater, but maybe not even that much. Like we're talking more like early Fates Warning. Prague where it's it's hard to play and there's a lot going on, but unless it's an instrumental, every song on there, you can sing along with it. They're all really good songs. Um, so they're just they're a band that I really love. They're a band that's important to me and a, and a band that I would highly recommend um, checking them out. Um, I would, as a recommendation, if you want to get started with the band, I will tell you my two pieces, my, my, the two ways I would do it. Number one, check out the album Snowfall on Judgment Day from 2009. It's a perfect record, and I don't say that lightly. If you know me, you know that when I say a record is perfect, it means that every song on the record, they're all great. There's not a weak track, and there's not a track I want to skip. I don't count... You know, like Cradle of Filth doing their intro track. I don't count that. Or like Operation Mindcrime has the parts that are just talking. Okay, that's that's a mood-setting thing. Not what I mean. But one bad song ruins a perfect record to me. This one is clearly just a, a, an amazing record all the way through. And you've got Ray singing on it. I think it's one of Ray's... Uh, and, and this is saying a lot because he's a great singer. I think it's some of Ray's best vocal performances of his career. Um, then if you want to check out more of what they sound like now, I would check out the album, uh, long night's journey in the day. Um, so, so on, on snowfall and judgment day, I always recommend the song walls. I think it's a great song. Uh, Leviathan rising is really good. There's, um, there's a whole bunch of other ones. Um, so I would say walls is probably the track to, to check out if you want the Ray years. Um, and then Long Night's Journey into Day, I would probably listen to someone else. Someone else's problem. There's a video for it, um, or Echo Chamber. I think those are where I would start. If you dig it, check out the new record. If you didn't, if you don't like it, hey man, cool. You know, cool man. Cool, thanks. Man, That's what thanks. we do. We we listen to new stuff, and sometimes we like, it and sometimes we don't. You know, and I said no. And um, oh, and like, dude, they're uh, I forgot. Oh man, even better. They're out in the art of loss. Dude, it's the Megadeth album. Did I ever tell you that their album, The Art of Loss, is like is the Megadeth record? It has guest guitars by Chris Poland, Chris Broderick, and Marty Friedman. So and all the, the guys, way, Dave, with the exception of Marty Friedman, all the guys Dave Mustaine thinks sucks. Suck. Yeah. Oh, um, by the way, he have you have you seen what he says about Marty now? No. Marty is a great guitar player. Oh, yeah, because uh, when he's talking about his current guitar player, and I don't want to learn his name. Kiko Lurio. Kiko, yeah, I know who it is, but I just, I feel bad. You know, it's like, it's like getting to know your goldfish. I mean, like, it's going to die before the week is over. I I kind of feel that way about Megadeth players. Like, they're just going to get fired. Why, why, why know who they are? Um, but I, you know, I saw a recent interview when he was, well, and by the way, he had to do this because he did the whole Marty Friedman reunion thing. Recently, he was basically saying that Marty Friedman is a great guitar player, just wasn't the just not for Megadeth. You know what I mean? Like, he, in other words, he he was trying to say that he's just not the right guy for Megadeth because he used to he used to talk about how he wasn't that great. Um, remember with Dave Mustaine, the best guitar player in his band is always the one that's in his band at the time, mm -hmm. and everybody he, else sucks. He used to always hold on that Chris Poland was the best guitar. Even when Marty was in the band, he always said that Chris Poland was the best guitar player he ever had. And I I know why. I mean, Marty Friedman is on another planet of guitar playing 
he's not exactly a, a, a metal guitar player. In the world of metal lead guitar players in the 80s, Chris Poland was pretty much above most of them. You know what I mean? Like, as a thrash metal guitar player, Chris Poland was one of the best ones in the 80s. Easily one of the best ones. Um, So, I, I, hey, man, totally get it. I mean, he, Dave never had a problem saying Chris was better than he was. Never had a problem with that. Because, I mean, Chris is a brilliant guitar player. And, and you know, Marty, too. But anyway, yeah, so you got, you've got Chris Poland, Marty Friedman, Chris Broderick, and then... You've got them. They do love. They do the the love rain or me. The 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 who song, uh, with John Bush singing it is on there. If you've never heard it, love rain on me. Uh, hearing John Bush sing that is just so cool. Um, anyway, so that's my redemption thing. I didn't mean to talk about him for half an hour. I promise you, we will get to get back to making fun of people. But uh, that's my pick of the week. I I think I was just excited because I haven't been really excited about one in a while. You know. So, I, I, I it, you know, I had, I, what do they call it? You know, it, it's kind of like I had been edging for a few months, you know? Um, if you don't know what that means, don't Google it. <laughs> <laughs> well, take, you know, Duff, Duff is saying it, so that should give you a hint. <laughs> uh, it's, it's where, like, you, you keep getting brought almost there, and then, you, ba- the, you know, you back off. And then you get almost there, and then you back off. You're right on the edge. You keep, you keep someone right on the edge. That's kind of. You know, anyway. I don't even know if that's what it, what was happening. I just wanted to say the term. It's fun. Okay. All right, anyway, give us your pick of the week. All right, I got lost somewhere in there. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what the hell I'm... I don't even know what's going on anymore. <laughs> All right, well, it is... Uh, so I thought I had seen everything. Meaning, I thought that I'd seen every type of metal that exists out there. I thought that, you know, oh, I've seen pirate metal. I've seen Viking metal. I've seen medieval metal, power metal. I've literally seen... I've seen dwarven metal. I've seen, you know, I've seen folk metal. Yeah, but folk metal used to be awesome. It got kind of boring after a while. But anyway. I, I never really got into it. But I've I've seen, you know, obviously the, the classics, Thrash, Death, Doom... You've seen, you know, satanic metal. You know, I, I thought, I, you know, even Sabaton, you've seen, like, historical war metal. Thought I'd seen everything. Then I came across a band called Spirit World, which is Western metal. <laughs> so, I'm talking spaghetti Western metal. Like, you know, fistful of dollars metal. Um, The band even wears like 10 gallon hats and like the rhinestone suits like the old guys and like the old cowboy stars of like the 50s and 60s used to wear um but make no mistake they are heavy they are thrash and they are awesome the name of their last album is death western and literally it looks like a heavy metal version of if you were to tell me that this is a movie poster for like a clint eastwood movie from like the 60s i would have been like okay you know it's it, but it is really cool. You know, at first I was like seeing it. I'm like, there's no way that this is not silly. Like, you know, there's no. I mean, and, and I say this as somebody who enjoys the music of Alestorm. Um, I mean, they are silly, but no, they're I, silly, I mean, but in, in the in all the right ways. So I actually really enjoyed this album. I thought it was really cool. It's heavy. It's thrashy. It's fast. Um, and I, it's it's actually becoming an album that when I put it on, I don't I don't want to turn it off because it's just that cool and that good. 
Um, it's, it's, you know, categorizing it, I, I'd initially approach it as something like thrash, but it, it has a lot of like influences in there and you could definitely hear them. Um, and it, it, I, I don't know, like basically if you like thrash, if you like modern, th- like heavy style thrash, you know, you'll probably like these guys. Uh, they're not thrash in the same way. Like they're definitely not old school. They're definitely a way newer school of fast music, but spirit world death westerns, my pick of the week. Um, you know, I, I mean the dude, one of the, the, the one guitar player even plays like a telecaster with like the cowboy, like, you know, the shirt, the cowboy shirts that used to have like the little lines on them and stuff. His yeah. telecaster is blue and it has those little lines on it. And, um, you know, it, it's, it's something, you know, like any any band that's willing to get up there in cowboy boots, a 10 gallon hat and a rhinestone like suit and sing like heavy metal is OK in my book. So Spirit World Death Western, check it out. I got it on vinyl. Uh, I had to make sure to order that one. And I, I literally have been enjoying it a bunch. So that is my pick of the week. And let's continue. So, all right, there, therein brings a an interesting, an interesting um, question. You know, you were talking about how like there are, you know, all the different themes in metal. What's interesting is there's there's, okay, so there's there's kind of like two groups. You've got the stylistic genres right you've got the genres that are entirely stylistic folk metal for example it was a stylistic thing and it was essentially the 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 bands who were really at the beginning of it um and and mind you i got really into folk metal when it first came out um, and it wasn't it wasn't because of me, it's because the friends of ours were like, dude, you gotta check this out. And I went to the first Pagan Fest, I was like, wow, these guys are awesome. I got to see Tear and Teresa's and uh it was it was um it was just it was awesome, you know? But it made sense. And now now you, again, you could say the folk metal is hokey and weird. I but, could never get into it. No, but no, I know I to each his own. But here's the thing. These were bands from they were Northern European, Scandinavian bands, you know. Lots of them were from Norway, Sweden, Finland, uh, Tears from the Faroe Islands. Um, if you don't know where that is, it's um, a tiny little island between um, – it's between, like, Denmark and Iceland, if my uh, geography in my head is correct. A tiny little place. Um, tiny little place. It's a, it's a country of, like, 30,000 people. Like, it's really, it's small. Uh, their number one, like like their top five exports. One of them was Tear, <laughs> you know, like this band. <laughs> there, it's, it's whatever. It's like it's cool. It's cool, but um, it made sense for them because this was them bringing their culture into metal. It was in the same way, I guess you could say, like the way that in the United States, hard rock bands and metal bands brought blues into it it's kind of what they were doing they were taking the folk music that originated there that they knew and they incorporated it into metal so at least at the very beginning i got really into it because i'm like it was i don't know it, it was a new thing for me and it was 
some bands went a little nuts with it, but for the most part, like I, I, I like the, the band Tear, they're like Sabaton, dude. They're just man. It's hard to listen to the first two Tear records and not just get or, well. Tear, excuse me, uh, the, uh, Teresa's, excuse me. They are so much like Sabaton in the example of like they don't exactly sound the same, but they're just that super happy, super high energy. You listen to Teresa's, you want to just smile and have a good time. Again, similar to like Sabaton. The band Tear, amazing. <coughs> and Tear Tear doesn't use any of the like folk instruments. They're a little different. But okay, so here's my point. That was a stylistic thing. Now, many of them were pagan, but that's because again, culturally speaking, that would make sense. But here's my thing for you. So you've got this split, right? On one side, you've got stylistic thrash, death, speed, whatever. You got my point. And on the other side, you have genres by by theme. Right? Because when 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 you're, you know, we are pirate metal, it's like well, I mean, I get their songs are about pirates. I mean, I guess I put pirate stuff in there, but like it's not necessarily a, you know, it's not a style of music they're playing. It's like, no, all our songs are about, well, they're all about pirates, you know. Pretty much our songs are about pirates. Um, but, you, you know, it's, it, it, so that's interesting, too, where where bands get categorized by theme. Like you said, you're like, Sabaton is like war metal. It's like, well. Historical war metal. Well, sure. You know, between the years of 1914 and 1945. You know, um, they had a lot of stuff about World War One, and, and that's awesome. But it, it, that I just I find this fascinating because I think that's a relatively newer thing. Over the last, I don't know, I don't want to put a date on it, but like I think of metal or music or whatever being grouped by more of a musical style. Like, you know, think of, like, the hard rock bands in the 70s. They weren't, for the most part, that separated by... I mean, dude, Led Zeppelin mentions, you know, Mordor and... and um, uh, They mentioned Mordor in a song, and um, I'm trying to think if they... I'm trying to think they... they well... They mention other stuff. Well, I'm trying to remember what I'll... Um, well, they didn't. What else they did didn't write. They didn't write tunes that everybody liked. They left that to the Bee Gees. I, I literally said that to somebody yesterday at the bar. That's funny. Um, uh, they say Gollum and Mordor. I think in in a song. It doesn't matter. Uh, but yeah, isn't Immigrant it, Song something about like? Not, uh, um, well, yeah, but it, um, I'm not. Uh, mm, I don't know. Yeah, no, yeah, but I'm thinking they mentioned Mordor and. Don't they mention uh, like Mount Doom or something like that? Well, they mentioned Mordor. Hold on. In um, they actually say Mordor, and if I'm not mistaken, like uh, don't they say Monty Marth or something too? Or I don't remember. Uh, it, on the song "Ramble On" is what I'm thinking of. Where's the lyrics? They say somewhere later on in the song, "Twas, uh, twas in the depth, twas in the darkest depths of Mordor, I met a girl so fair, but Gollum and the evil one." Um, so I mean, yeah. Uh, gotta ramble on. I, I, I like that song. Do you, my, do, you, I, do, you, do you? I really hate. I kind of always hated the vocals in, in Led Zeppelin, but some of some songs are better than others, um, vocally wise. But um, you anyway, know, you get my point. Like people don't think of Led Zeppelin as the they're the Lord of the Rings band. Okay, 
<laughs> like, well, I, I think you know what I think. I think it's I think it's two things. First of all, okay. I think it's people. You know, metal. You know, back then, rock and heavy metal they weren't new, but they were. You know, they they were still evolving. Like you and I, you and I have said a thousand times. You listen to a lot of modern death metal. Like you listen to, I'm talking like you go down like cattle decapitation or or pig destroyer level, and you think to yourself like. It eventually gets to the point where if you play any faster, if your drummer plays any faster, like if you just say, forget it, we're going with a drum machine, it's not even going to be individual notes anymore. It's just literally just going to be, and it's not even going to make sense. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of like someone's trying to write out the sheet music. They just draw a line with a sharp. Yeah, key. they just draw a whole note, and that's all. Like, that's your drum line, a whole note, you know, on, on bass and snare. Um, but it's... You know, but the, my whole point in saying that is, I think now you know we've reached a saturation point where, if you look at you know the evolution of music, you, you start in like the fifties with like rock and roll, like Buddy Holly, the Big Bopper, uh, Chuck Berry, you know those guys. People are thinking like, oh yeah, this this is like you know rebellious stuff. I mean, there was no such term as heavy at the time, but oh yeah, this this is pretty like loud stuff. You know, like this is you know, and parents were like you know grabbing their pearls because you know. Elvis Presley was swirling his hips around on Ed Sullivan, you know, singing Hound Dog. And, um, you know, and then you, you like move on to the 60s and you get in, you get more of the psychedelic rock and it, it does get like, like crunchier because now they figured out overdrive and distortion. Um, you figured out how to slice up your speakers to get that raspy guitar sound. In the 70s, you really start to see like the loudness and, the, and you know, you start to see like Marshall, ha- like full stacks. Band. What's that? Loudness, not the band. Yeah, not the band. Um, you, you see, like Marshall full stacks coming in, where they're you know amps are on breakup and you're turning it up all the way, and you're getting that natural distortion now. Um, you know, you go into the '80s and you get your Metallicas and your thrash metal, and you're even like your bands like Venom, and you know even in the later '80s you're getting bands like Death, and it, it seemed to be like between 1950 and 1980 it was like almost a slow boil, like things changed and evolved, but you know, obviously, there's a huge difference between Buddy Holly and Black Sabbath, but it's not, in my opinion, as big of a difference as like Led Zeppelin and Death. You know what I mean? Well, so I, I guess the the well, I mean, you 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 kind of basically just said it, but the 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 note there is things change. Lots of things change music. There's three really major things that change music. One is clearly, you know, society, you know, uh, social factors, you know. Um, again, you know, when you think of, like, the, the, the hippies and when you think of, you know, the impact of the Vietnam War on on music for a very long time. You know that clearly it was a very important, um, albeit not good part of of American history, but it was a very important part of our history, and it was, it, you know, it, it was, uh, it consumed the country for a long time, so that makes sense, right? There's the first one. The second one is innovation. Clearly, not only not only from an art his artistic no, standpoint, well, but a technology standpoint. Well, no, no, I was going to make technology number three. Um, there you have the innovation of the artists, meaning the 
the the person who does something with the instrument that no one had before, whoever you want to, whatever example you want to give. And then the third one is the the impact of technology. And what's interesting about technology is how much it changes music directly and indirectly. Um, you know, why why were The Who in the 60s loud and abrasive when by today's standards they're not? Well, first of all, you know, like you were saying, the heavy dude, the the um the modern like uh, uh, rectifier guitar amps or whatever one you want to use it as an example, they didn't exist in the 60s. Guitar technology, <clears throat> gotta remember well, something about so so just the amps themselves. As an example, and I was just reading an article. I'm going. I'm going I'm to go on with what you say here. Dick Dale, the yep. the king of surf guitar. You know, you everybody knows Mister Lou. If you've seen Pulp Fiction, you know Mister Lou. It's like the main theme of the movie. He actually would blow up amps. Because he would crank them as high and as hard as they would go. And he would just, he would literally, and when I say blow up amps, like they would fry. Like he'd have to have like two, three, four amps everywhere he went with them because they would fry. So he worked with Leo Fender to make this gargantuan, super powerful, what effect, what effectively was, I don't want to call it the first stack because it wasn't the first stack. Marshall did the first stack. I think it was Jimi Hendrix or Pete Townsend. One of the, I think it was Pete Townsend actually. And I'll, I have a funny story about that. He worked with Leo Fender to build this loud, super loud, heavy duty. I think it was like a hundred watt Fender amp that finally could, you know, give him the volume he wanted without essentially destroying the amp. So you see, you know, artists pushing the technology envelope. So it's not only what's available now. It's artists will say Eddie Van Halen's a prime example. Eddie Van Halen, he he would look at stuff and say, "There's nothing out there that does what I want it to do." So I'm going to do it myself. And sure. he would do it. And I mean, sure. he, he made a career, you know, obviously he's well known as a musician, but he's also well known as a guitar gear guy. Like he, he there, yeah. I mean, he has signature stuff, well, not only because people wanted to put his name on it, but because he actually created some of this stuff. Well, yeah. That's the difference. Like you, you have, you know, you might have a signature guitar amp where, where, you know, a signature series, um, uh, guitar amp for it, for, for a guitar player. Now, don't get me wrong. They are there and they're saying, "Okay, this is what if you want to if you want to make my amp, I, I okay, no no, it needs to be a little heavier than that. Oh, dial that down." You know what I mean? Like they're working with them to try to get the sound to but they're but they're telling the amp manufacturer how to tweak it and make it more for them. Eddie Van Halen like the man was literally like rewiring his pickups and stuff. Like he was legitimately doing things electronically himself. Yeah, I mean, to, he, he was not later on in his career hanging out in the PV shop, like soldering amps together. But early on in his career, you're right. He would dip his own pickups in wax, and you'd see on on, on like a dip lot my of my balls in it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, you'd see on his guitars like places where he screwed up. 
like you know he he'd point out like oh yeah this is where I dipped my pickup in wax and I held on to it for too long and it burned or something like that you know like he would he would say like you'd see that all over his guitars I mean the Frankenstrat the most famous guitar was something he built because he liked the Stratocaster but up until that point Stratocasters didn't come with humbuckers so he put he bought a bought a guitar built it spray painted it with bicycle paint and and it was funny he he would actually the, the reason why the Frankenstrat looks the way it does if you read his interviews was he would see people copying him so he would purposely put things on the guitar like for instance there's the single coil pickup and the toggle switch in the middle of the guitar he put those there they serve no purpose whatsoever he put those there just so people would scratch their heads and try and figure out what he's doing with it and figure out a way to make it functional even though he he didn't do it so he was screwing with people too he would say people are ripping me off so I'm going to make it hard for them because not only am I going to innovate stuff I'm going to put stuff that actually doesn't work and they'll sit there trying to figure out how it works. So, but the, you know, my whole point in saying, oh, and I was going to mention too, Pete Townsend, a funny story. When he was talking, when he was talking to, to Jim Marshall about building the first stack amp, he said, I want, I, I want two eight by 12 cabinets. And he said, Jim Marshall was like, well, why don't we build two four by 12s? And, and, and Pete Townsend was like, nope, it's got to be eight, 12. It's, it's got to be an eight why by 12. Why don't you just make 10 louder? Well, no, he's like, it's got to be an 8 by 12 And he's like, dude, the roadies are going to hate you. And he's basically like, ah, Sodom. That's their job. So he Did came back. you watch back- that documentary on Jim Marshall? Because I did. It was it was fascinating. No, but he comes back. But So Pete Townsend eventually came back later and was like, yeah, you're right. So uh, let's do let's do uh, two 4 by 12s But so either way. But I mean, that's the innovation. So Pete Townsend shows up and he's like, I want these giant, you know, wall of speakers the stack amps born. So it's not always amp manufacturers saying, Hey, I figured out a new way, new thing. Try this out. A lot of times it's artists saying, you know, I've got this amp and I love the sound of it. The problem is I have to put three distortion pedals in front of it to get the amount of gain I want. Can you do anything about that? Then that's where the innovation comes in. So, well, look at, look at Dave Ellison with the, uh, with the five string bass. Yeah, it was, it was a, I, I don't know if you know the story about it. Um, but Dave Ellison had a five-string bass built for him because um, it had to do with um, with with tuning and what what he was do- what he did on the what he did in the studio. He realized he couldn't. There were songs he couldn't do them live, um, and he called Jackson. Was like, I need you to make me like a five-string like right now, <laughs> and they you know I, I go on tour next week. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, 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 sometimes it's on purpose. Sometimes it's accidental, um, but technology really does. It changes music. And then you have the other side of it, right? And I don't want to go down this rabbit hole, but we've talked a lot about this too. You know, what FM radio did, frequency modulation, what FM radio did for, for music, then what, you know, MTV did for music, whether good or bad. MTV... He, he, you know, they they made music, and you know, I I, I promise I'm going to wrap this 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 tirade up into why I think this is all relevant to why suddenly there's all these theme bands out there, and I also have another point to make about it. But so MTV, you're right, because MTV is famous for not only you know taking on radio, but it made music visual. Up until that point, you got your record. There's Kiss standing on stage. Don't they look cool? 
you listen to your record and then unless you're going to see the band, that's all you see. But now it became more performance art. So yes, was Kiss putting on a show on stage? Absolutely. Was, you know, you know, was, uh, uh, you know, uh, Def Leppard, let's say for instance, Def Leppard putting on a show. Absolutely. But with music videos, it added that kind of, you could not only, you know, in an audio way, tell your story, but visually. So, you know, music videos became little movies and little, you know, show off things. And, and well, the, the, the video director became as much a part of the equation as the band, right? As the record, as, get, as the record producer, what was it? Get the guy who did Lollapalooza or get the guy who did, what was it? Airheads, I don't get the guy yeah, who did, uh, uh, well, if he's too expensive, get the guy who did this, you know, like, yeah, I, why am I blanking on that entire, yeah, I know it's, it's killing me. I know that quote. Um, but no, well, but anyway, I mean, so, and then of course, you know, think about it this way, the, the, um, the, the impact that things like, you know, just the, 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 you know, um, the record to, you know, the, the, with eight tracks and cassettes. And so, so then you get to the point of how is the music consumed? Because- (sighs) If he's too you, expensive, you, get the guy who did the Guns N' Roses video. Try for John yeah. Landis. Um, sorry, but no, 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 it's okay. So here's the way the way music is consumed changes it. You know, when we, we've talked about this too, but the way the track order of a record is different if it's on a vinyl. It is a different conversation if it's on a vinyl because. Where it is, is it, for example, side two, track one, you want an important song to be there so they actually flip the record over. So if there's eight songs on the record, whatever, track one and track five need to be songs that are going to get people to listen because if they're not, they're not going to flip the, they're not going to flip to side B. You know, you know, it's um, interesting about that recently, and I, I know you're not a fan, but uh, I was reading an article about Ghost, and uh, uh, Tobias Forge said he structured the album Meliora, Meliora as as you would back in the day, and that's why he said I made the first track strong and I made the 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 lead off for the second track. So there's actually a clear break in the album where you would have you know, and I I have the vinyl and I've listened to it, but there you know I, I mean meaning like yes it works. But even though ninety nine percent of the time that album's probably going to be consumed on iTunes or as a CD or something like that, he put that in there. So there's still artists that do that. It's funny though because now I've noticed there's a lot more front loaded albums. Do you ever notice that? Well, yeah. Well, it. it I mean, <laughs> attention span. Right. Just attention span alone has to do with part of it. Um. But again, think about it this way. You know. If you are listening to singles as opposed to listening to albums as, you know, the, so seriously though, even technology that way. And then, you know, recording technology, that's, uh, has a huge impact on it. Um, I mean, the difference between the ability to record something. I mean, think about you and I were talking about this yesterday. We were saying that in total fairness, and, and, and this, this is mostly true, you and I, you certainly could, let's be fair, you certainly could, 
if we got a drum set and a handful of drum mics, you and I could produce a record that our old band put out right now. Now, now, mind you, I mean with all the original members of the band playing on it. I don't mean Rex and I are going to play it. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying if you and I, and again, you're better at at recording than I am, but you get my point, got the other three guys, we could record any of our records with a Mac and some mics and some software and probably make it sound better than any of the records we went to a really good studio to do. And that's not a no, comment on the studio because the place where no, we recorded is was awesome, but it was also what, what, 20 years ago. What, what, he, what, what, what Doug White was able to do for our band... In the time allowed. In the time allowed. I mean, dude, we never... Our records would have never been what they were. I mean, we were young. We were really young. I mean, I was... God, we were young. We, no, but saying, we, we were we were kids. We had never gone in the studio before. You know, like we. I'll put it this way: eighteen year old us couldn't do that because we needed someone to teach us the road. The road. But what I'm getting at is, we could with our own home stuff. But the resources now are out there to teach well, you. That's that. what I'm saying. You know, like now there's YouTube. If you want to learn, you you know, you want to learn how to record an album, you go look at Glenn Fricker's channel and you buy, you know, $200 mics, you put them in front of your amp, you buy a, you know, $50 drug, drum plug. You could you could literally buy everything you need to record a full album for far under. I would be, I would dare to say 500 bucks. Back when we were recording with our band, you could get two days in the studio for 500 bucks. So, you know, you look at that investment and that's, this is what we were talking about was we're like, we're kind of getting off what we started talking about, but we'll get back there eventually. But, you know, you look at bands now and you say, I've got a budget of 500 bucks. I'm going to go out and buy everything I need to record all the out al- to record the next seven albums, or I can pay somebody to record it for me. Even if you suck at mixing, mastering and all that other stuff, you take your you take your initial capital, you record everything, then you send it to somebody else to deal with. You know, well, you, you I, I'm get gonna, somebody else to master it. Right. I get it. That's what I mean. You 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 and, you you spend your five hundred bucks laying down all your tracks, and then you send it and spend the other five hundred bucks or three hundred bucks or well, whatever getting somebody to mix and master it. Well, I mean, what's what's funny is I did. So the last track that I recorded, I, I haven't actually recorded a full song since I upgraded my software, but the last track I recorded. I, I did the whole thing, and then I've got some new software. I took the track that I did before, literally opened it back up in my DAW, clicked a couple of extra buttons, and went, wow, this sounds a hundred times better. Well, because I had I, – well, my point is I bought one piece of software that helped me make it sound better. And And by the way, I didn't even record with that. If I were to now record a song going into the recording with the software I have, it would be way better. And I'm not I did I did not spend that much on that stuff. Recording drums is the is really the only legit pain in the ass. Uh, admittedly, I've I've never tried to record drums. I am a drummer, but I because I can't do that, I just I use a drum machine. 
um, I pro and not really. I program drums. I've got a really good drum program, um, and I, I I absolutely I love the drum program I have, and um, so I can make drums sound really good. But it's because no one's playing it. I have to program that. But that being said, you're right. We we could get a. And by the way, this is not ego. This is not about us. We're saying the two of us, we tinker. <laughs> you know what I mean? Neither one of us are producers. Well, the, we tinker. I mean, you can make you can make stuff sound pretty good. I'm not saying you can't. But oh, you can you can record an album that sound. You can record an album. And there's software out there. So, <clears throat> just recently, for instance, you know, there's there's a uh, there's a there's a piece of software out there called Amp Knob. And literally, it is, you plug in your guitar to the, to the interface to your computer, there's one thing you can adjust, and it's the amount of gain. That's it. And it's designed by, like, a world-class producer, and he's like, the reason why I don't want you tinkering with it is because this is, like, a perfect studio sound. A perfect studio sound. So, you know... And if you were, if I were to like just make it like every other amp sim out there and say, oh, you can tinker with the base, you know, and everything else, you're taking away why you would buy the product. You want something where you can plug in your guitar, record a song, not worry about, oh, well, you know, maybe I want to tweak the mids a little bit, or you know, on the amp, or this isn't my sound. You just want to get oh. something down and out. And the it, thing it, is, it, it, I was gonna say it's interesting you say that because um, in the program that I use. I've got a couple of packs, and one of the one of the the packs that I have is, um, it's guitar, but it's Andy Sneap. Mm-hmm. It's presets by Andy Sneap. You can't change them; they are Andy Sneap presets. Reason being, that's the point. <laughs> the point is, I mean, there's a, it's it, it's not like there's only. In your case, I get it. It's a specific. In this case, it's not like there's just one. But on the other hand, no. They're designed to be that way so that you hit that button and it works. I mean, it, it comes out sound. No, you can you can tinker with other stuff. But what I mean is that those presets that are, are literally just, and again, it's the same thing. You can adjust the gain and the volume, but you really can't tweak that because if you want the Andy Sneap lead guitar or whatever, I'm making this up, that's it. You click the damn button. Right, so... Yeah, there's all this. Soft- it's awesome. There's all this software out there now that literally it's, you know, uh, 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 Glenn Fricker released his his uh, 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 Extinction Level Event Drum Kit. He literally says everything here. You can tweet. You can tinker with that one, but he's like everything here is set to what I would set it at if I was recording an album. You know, obviously you tweak things here and there. You you know you you. You may, you know, depending on what your guitar sounds like, but you know, I'm not getting in deep into that. But basically, there are there's software out there where you say, "I want to sound like that." There's even software now where you can play a clip of an album, and then you can apply it to your mix, and it will make it sound like that. Like there's legitimately AI software where you like say. I'm a big fan of Carcass's Heartwork. I want my album to sound like that. You put a clip into the software, and it will master your album just like that one. I, I mean, it's nuts. Like it's crazy. And so, like you know, the 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 level of entry to get into making music now is so low. I mean, you and I were even talking about the cost of instruments. 
Like you just bought a bass on one of the like musicians friend does these thing called stupid deals of the yeah. day where they put up a guitar or you know I bought a I, I bought a MIDI controller the other day so I, I was it was it was literally to put this into perspective it was a Jackson four string bass now dude I'm a Jackson guy if you know my guitar collection it's mostly Jacksons and Fenders the same company I think I have one guitar that isn't a Jackson or a Fender at this point oh uh, and a, or by Kramer but. Um, I have one other one, but it, it literally, it, it's just, I have one other one because I got it really cheap. But my point is this, it's a Jackson base. Now, it is the least expensive line. It's their JS line. It's their made in China, not expensive line. I paid 159 bucks for this guitar, right? I get it in. And here's what I said to you. I said, well, I mean, I'm going to put strap locks on it. That's like 15 bucks. What Meaning, um... They, it, they, they, they keep your strap connected to the guitar so that the strap doesn't slip off and you don't drop the guitar. It's a paranoia thing. I put them on every guitar. I'm like, okay, I'll buy, I spent 15 bucks on strap locks. And I said to you, I'm like, okay, in total fairness, the pots, you know, potentiometers, I'm like, the potentiometers and the input jack, they're kind of crappy. But, but, I mean, all but, this... But here, no, all I was saying is, here's my point. 160 bucks for a bass that is totally usable as is the only thing I and, and I'm like, okay, great. Maybe you spend. I literally looked it up. Maybe you spend eighteen dollars on Amazon on a wiring kit and you replace the electronics in it. But literally, what I'm getting at is, you could. You, I, I'm. I mean this thousand percent. If you put better wiring in that guitar again, it's eighteen dollars on Amazon. You could take that damn thing on tour. But that's my point. Is is when we when, seriously when, when we were in our band. You you would get if you got a hundred and fifty dollar guitar, it would not be playable. Um, like I remember people who owned hundred and fifty dollar guitars, and look, I'm I was not sitting there with USA Custom Shop guitars. I had like, you know, I was a BC Rich guy. I had BC Rich the NJ series, which was like the the high end import. You know, we're you know, it was as high as you could go without going into Custom Shop. Um, but obviously, but there's a big margin. Trust me when I say there is a big margin oh, between the I, I, highest I, level import by any company and a custom shop guitar. We're talking for, for like record. We're talking like yeah, that's three to Jacksons. four times cost. That's my Jackson's. Um, yeah. not, not the base so, I just bought, but all but, of my, all of my Jackson's are that way. But my, you know what I mean? Like, but my point, it, my point different. in saying this though is my point in saying this, though, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not, I don't want to turn this into a guitar no, like gear conversation. My point in saying this though is, you know, you can, you know, I, I would play other people's $150 guitars and I'd be like, this is usable. You could learn on this. Absolutely. I said, me as somebody who knows what I'm doing, I'm struggling with this because the strings are. And yes, you could maybe say, well, it needs a setup, whatever. But I'm thinking to myself, like the, the, the neck doesn't feel right. That the, the body's like you, it just feels like a brick. Like there's no, it just didn't feel right. I pick up a $150 guitar, like you said. And by the way, that was an on-sale guitar. It wasn't actually a $150 guitar. But, you know, I, I have a Squire bass over there. And every single review on this bass, and we're t and this is a very inexpensive and bass. Because I, 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 I bought a bass because I was like, I need a bass. I didn't care I about brand. And one's this, I also have a Squire Affinity. It's awesome. Yeah, and, and I was like, I don't care about brand. I didn't care. I just wanted a five-string bass because I have, I have a couple seven strings. So I, I wanted that fifth string. And every review is like, I don't see why anybody would ever buy a Fender. So my whole point in saying all of this is, yes, there's... So instruments, you can find instruments and gear. I mean, the Joyo amps, 
if I could have got yeah. an amp that sounded like a Mesa Boogie rectifier for under like what for like if you buy to buy it used 150 bucks. And by the way, I understand when we're throwing these these monetary figures out there. I'm not trying to say like that's a small amount of money. I'm not sitting here like a spoiled brat saying, oh, just throw some money at this. I'm saying compared to when I was a teenager and I said, I want to I want an amp that sounds like a rectifier. And I walked into my local music store. The guy would say, well, yeah, the rectifiers are right over there. They cost thirty five hundred dollars for the head alone. And you'd say, well, what else you got? And you'd be like, nothing that sounds like a rectifier. That's the point I'm trying to make. Right. No, that that's why the guitar amp of the ninth of every of every poor kid in the 90s was a crate. Right. Because they weren't bad. It's just like, because you couldn't buy anything better than that. Now, no, you were, okay, so to put what you were saying, like, I have a Joyo. I know you have one, you have them too, but I have my Joyo Jackman. It is, they're 150 bucks brand new. You can get them cheaper than that used. It is the size of a lunchbox. It could fit in the palm of your hand. And it sounds exactly like a 90 a, a, a JCM 800 you know the old Marshall heavy metal amps it's this little tiny thing you plug that into a speaker cabinet and you know what it sounds like it sounds exactly like a $3500 Marshall stack for 150 bucks and look I'm with you I'm not saying 150 bucks is cheap dude if you're 14 like 150 bucks might be a lot of money but you could save up for it you, you, you that's in our, our day like you could work all summer you still weren't buying one yeah that's our point it's not that we're saying that's a small amount of money it's that we're saying compared it's to what terrible. i could get when i was that age because even the amp and the amp sims you want to go down another route you talk about an axe effects or or even like buying positive grids like spark amps or something like that they're a few hundred dollars but again you get so many options with those versus you know, it, it, when I when I was 16 years old or eight, even 18 and 20 years old walking into a, a music store saying, I want a new amp, they would be like, well, what's your budget? And you'd say, well, I got like, you know, I've saved up all summer. I worked. I had a job. I, you know, you know, tried not to eat out and everything else like that. You'd be like, well, you got like 400 bucks. They'd be like, oh, well, you want that crate over there. And you'd yeah, be like, and, well, and, well, I don't like the sound of that. Well, that's all you're getting for four hundred dollars. Well, think of think of like everybody back in those days would have. Well, dude, how many times have you and I said that we had a? And again, I'm not trying to make this about guitars. It's not the point. But you and I always always hated Ibanez guitars because in my head, everybody in the '90s who couldn't afford to play a guitar worth a crap, the cheap. Crap guitar you bought first was made by Ibanez. Now, that is totally unfair to where that, that company is now. They make absolutely amazing guitars. But it was just, that's what we, you know, and everybody had that crappy little crate with like, there'd always be like a little gray button that you would push in to make it have distortion. But look at the 90s. That's why everybody used like a metal zone pedal. You could say metal zone pedals were the crappiest thing in the world, but it's because it was the only way you could make a crappy amp ha sound heavy, you know? So the point we're getting at is it is so much more attainable now. You can do it now. You can say, Dude, you don't even need a, if you're if you're not on stage. Well, actually, I, let me take that back. You don't even need a guitar amp anymore. If you're unless your band is playing in a garage and people need you need to hear it. If your band is on tour, you don't need a guitar amp at all. None. You do not need a guitar amp on tour. I don't care if what level of band you are. If you are on tour in any capacity, you do not need a guitar amp at all. I'm not wrong. You don't need it at all. 
No band of any size needs a guitar amp on tour. I don't care if you are a death metal band, you know, a a a a a death metal band that's touring as an opening act, or you are Metallica, you don't need an amp. You don't. Because again, like you 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 bring whatever and I get it, it's a different one. Who cares? Kemper, who cares? Point is, you bring a pedal or a little box, you push a button and plug it into the PA, and you're done. And no, you don't need you don't need to bring super expensive guitars with you. Why? Because the less expensive ones are better now. Because, well, let's be fair. Competition is a good thing. The fact that people can make those things less expensive and there are easier ways. You didn't have you don't you can buy it on Amazon. There's more competition. It 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 the competition drives down prices and drives up innovation and quality. It is a great time, man. It is a great time to be a musician right a, a, a musician right now. But in contrast, have you ever heard the story? And I know you have. The reason Ozzy Osbourne is a vocalist was because he owned a PA. That is the only reason Ozzy was a vocalist. He joined a band because he had a PA, and he, he was the only kid in town with one. Because he was the only kid in town with a PA, he became a singer. Think about that. Ozzy. Now? Dude, you're not going to join a band because you're the only guy with a MacBook. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah, you I know. know. And, I'm and, the only one with a guitar string. <laughs> and like, well, I, hell, if there's six of you, we can play. And I, I, you know, and but you know, so long story short, and to kind of wrap, you know, wrap this up is gear, software, everything you need to make an album is at an all time, in my opinion, low. Um, yes, are you going to get a USA Custom Shop for for cheap? No, not, no, that's never going to be cheap. Um, are you going to get a you know Mesa Boogie? you know, Mark seven, which are the new amps for like nothing. No, of course not. You're going to pay through the nose for that stuff. Can you get stuff that sounds similar either on your computer or, or, you know, something that's, it's an, an entry level version. Absolutely. So to bring this all back to what our initial question was, was, you know, what's with all the theme bands lately and stuff. And I, I'm going to, I'm going to chalk this up to two things, you know, yeah. cause I've been thinking about it as we've been having this discussion. Yeah, me too. So, there's a couple things I chalk it up to. First of all, I chalk it up to what we what we had originally started talking about when you talk about where is there to go from here. So you're not going to be the heaviest death metal band. You're not going to be the fastest thrash metal band. You're not going to invent. Well, there's a sl- you're not most likely you're not going to reinvent the genre. So what do you do? You have to have some way to stand out. You come up with a theme. Why? Because a guy goes into a club or sees an album or whatever with five guys dressed as pirates, they're going to, wait, what's this? I'm going to listen to this. It's the same thing as with Ghost. How many people who like or hate Ghost listen to Ghost simply because they saw a picture of Ghost? Whether you love the band or hate them, you've got to admit, if you never heard them and didn't know who they were, you saw a picture and you checked them out. Well, yeah. Um. So, but yeah, no, I agree. I mean, it, it, it comes down to... It comes down to your differentiation. It comes down to your brand. It comes down to being something different. And that's, you know, let's be fair. Different isn't always good. Um, But every band has a gimmick. Uh, You know, you, you have to have something that is unique. You have to. If you don't have something that is unique, no one will ever care. 
And it could come from lots of different avenues. Um, I mean, do you know why Sabaton writes songs about war? Yeah, they couldn't figure out anything else to write about. Well, I um, also the other half of it was there was so many other bands writing songs about beer that they were like, well, we got to do something else. Yeah, ta- you know, the fact that Tankard exists really means there can be no other band that writes about beer. I mean, come on. Like, at this point, what are you doing? If you're trying to compete well, with Tankard? I mean, come on. You want to you want to go 10 rounds with the champ? <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I I get that there's the entire world of bands who write about marijuana. Um, But, I, hey, <laughs> how many times can you cover Sweet Leaf? Well, what's funny is it's like, well, you know, actually, if there's one theme... Marijuana on one. Reefer on two. Reefer on two. If there is one theme, if there is one topic in music that has been around at least since the 60s that hasn't gone out of style, is you could write a song about smoking the reefer and it's, it's still, you know, that has not fallen out of fashion. Of, of all things, you know, it's the one thing you can write songs about that, you know, the 70, whatever, you know, um, this song's called Flying High, so keep on smoking them joints, you know, whatever, man. You know, I, Ozzy, you know, Pantera in the 90s, you know, I mean, look at all the stoner bands now that just write songs about smoking pot. I mean, it's not even... You know, in the United States, it's legal now. It's not like it's an edgy thing. It's like, I'm going to go smoke some pot. No, no, don't say that. No, no, get away. I mean, it's it's not legal in everywhere in the United States, but it's legal in a lot of states. I live in the state of New York. It's legal here. Um, but the, so so I, I really other than that. But yeah, no, I mean, it's it's a way to differentiate yourself. It's a way to have an identity. It's a... Um, it's just what it is. It's a way to have a brand. And sometimes it's a way to do something different. Sometimes it's just because you're into that sort of thing. You know, it's like, well, you're a big fan of, of history. So, you know, it, it becomes a topic of your songs. And maybe it just sometimes it's intentional, but sometimes it's not intentional. And, and But I think there is something else that contributes to it. And that is modern. I don't know what you want to call it geek culture maybe and what okay. what i say is yeah yeah i know what you mean because look like now back I mean, you know back you you look at where where some of this culture started there's always there's always been comic book fans there's always been trekkies there's always been big star wars fans but i think it's only recently probably within the last 20 to 25 years and and really and truthfully i'd i dare to say the last less than well, 20 where this stuff was, is mainstream and and what i think well, it, did it was marvel well i i was gonna say i think it's two i think it's twofold i think it's half marvel and i hate to give it credit but the big bang theory is the other half well but and i know I, that sounds well, and i mean that sounds stupid but but marvel no, see, here's the difference. i think big bang marvel, theory was spawned by marvel no sure but here's the difference though marvel made comic books cool um, Big Bang Theory made liking comic books cool. See, I, I disagree. If, if I'm making sense. I disagree. I disagree completely because I think Marvel made liking Marvel made liking comic book characters cool. Big Bang Theory made it okay to be a geek. 
Like, uh, yeah, how, oh, sure. So, so I say that I say that because of this. I I will say, and I'm I'm not going to go move my violin out and everything else. You know, I was a comic book nerd and stuff like that. I, I still am a comic book nerd. You know, I'm a music nerd, comic book nerd, Star Wars nerd. I mean. I, I pretty much got dealt the hand of you're going to be interested in everything that will never get you laid. Um, that li- literally like like see, that's the difference. You were interested in things that didn't get you laid. I was interested in filming people getting. Well, you were interested laid. in watching other people getting laid <laughs> <laughs> or directing them. No, but <laughs> wait, wait, put put your leg a little bit there. You go. there you go. That's what I'm we're just looking picturing for. Lumberg. Yeah, I'm going to need you to move your leg. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, Lum- point. Point being like, yeah, well, Lumberg after I heard she hooked up with Lumberg. Um, no, but so my my whole point is, I think that when that started happening, because I do remember there was a band and I, I don't know if we want to talk about it, but, and I'm not I'm not ashamed of them or anything, but there is a band in Erie that they, their entire thing was Transformers. And this was what, mid 90s. So, I mean, yeah. this stuff was out there. There were, and you know, I think that's where kind of it spawned was in the geek world. Why? Because there were video game bands. Remember the mini bosses? Yeah. They, there were, they, they literally, what, what, what did they do? Well, we're going to cover Nintendo songs, but using real instruments. And that's all they did. And, and there was a lot of this cool. stuff. So I think that kind of worked its way up into metal because not only that, if you listen to some of that stuff, like for instance, the, the, the Nintendo music and stuff like that. There's some serious musicianship in there. I know it sounds stupid to say, did it, did did it, well, did, like Power did. Glove. But well, that's what I'm saying. Like, but Look if you listen to like, is. there's a clip online of 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 a guy. He's playing all the Mario music on his piano. It, the clip is literally like 15 years old, so it's it's older than hell. But there's this one part where he plays the Bowser's Castle theme. I want to say from Super Nintendo. And he's literally doing this thing where he's like he's playing the piano and he's playing at the speed of light, like crossing his hands over because it's this this like ascending thing. I don't know if it's chromatic or in scale, but he goes up and down the entire piano with both hands. And I'm thinking to myself, like, I can't even play that on guitar. Like, I can't play it. And, you know, not that I'm Steve Vai or anything like that, but it's very difficult. So. You, you know, you see some of that musicianship and then and, and you see people playing this stuff and, and heavy metal guys who are like guitar, like into this stuff. Hey, I love that game and I bet I could play this on guitar. So you get some of that stuff. So what the, what I think happened is somewhere along the way, you get a lot of these like geeky things and everything. They're trickling up because, dude, we've talked about it a thousand times before. Metal and geek stuff is linked up. There's pictures. I mean... The, the the anthrax used to walk out with ninja turtles guitars um judge they wrote songs about judge dread you know there's pictures of phil and selma wearing punisher t-shirts in the 90s um there's pictures of kirk hammett in the 80s reading ninja turtles comic books i mean these are thi- like they're intertwined now you know it early on it was difficult to, to like kind of have some of this stuff because Again, before this was like socially acceptable, meaning before, well, most metalheads, if you said, I'm going to write and I'm going to make an X-Men band and all of my songs are going to be about the X-Men, you, you know, most metalheads would be like, oh, that's cool. You know, we don't have a problem with it. Some would be like, oh, nerd geek. You know, they'd be like the ogre nerd or whatever. But I think now when you have a lot of these things like Star Wars Marvel, all these things are now ingrained into our culture to the point of where it's okay, quote unquote, to like them. You know, 
1992, if you wore a Captain America shirt, you'd be like, geek. You know, unless you're at a Comic-Con, that's basically what you'd get. You know, well, dude, you're like 20 years if old. You're at what a you wearing a Captain Con, America probably, shirt for, you know? And if you were at a Comic-Con, you probably didn't let anybody at school know you went to one. Well, right. <laughs> well, but look at, look at the movie. I was on a fishing trip with my uncle. Yeah. Well, no. Who tried well, you to you don't, you, you know, no, maybe not that either, but. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was a fishing trip alone with my day. uncle in a cabin. Yeah. Um, it wasn't like Canteen Boy or anything. Yeah, yeah. Just, you, know. you know what? I hate Canteen Boy. <laughs> that clip is clear. By the way, I don't care how offensive it is. The Canteen Boy sketch is awesome. I don't it's care. awesome because it's Alec Baldwin doing it. Um, it, it, it that one, that one in the puking, the, the, the puking one is great too. Yeah, with Alec Baldwin, when he's, everybody's just puking the whole time. It's great if you've never seen it. But my, um, but my point is, so you know, you, you you get to this point of where it's acceptable to like this stuff in the in the in the in mass, and I think that's what kind of contributed to it. You you would get up there you in 1992 if you got up and you were like, we're all going to dress like pirates. People would laugh their asses off at you if you got up there and said, we're all going to – and then the, the funny thing is, Guar did it, but they did it on purpose. You know what I mean? Like, they did it – like, I want – like, they want people to laugh at them. And that that was their whole shtick. But you get up there and say, we're going to write songs about pirates and be pirates. I think I think that 30 years ago, people would be like, dude, what the hell are you doing? Now they're touring the world. You know, it's it's just one of those weird things where – I think somewhere along the way, when cult, when it became okay to like this stuff, you know that that, you know, I you and I you and I were joking. I was like, dude, what the hell? I'm like, I'm like, in 1992, I'm going to comic book shows and listening to heavy metal, and you know, like I said, I, I basically like everything that's not going to get me laid. Fast forward to 2022, everybody loves Marvel movies. Everybody loves. Eddie Munson and I'm like, dude, I'm a comic book nerd loving metalhead. I'm like, and 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 now I can't capitalize on it. <laughs> you know, like if I was in high school right now, I'd be like, yeah. Well, you know? know what they say about them high school girls. <laughs> no, but, but now as a middle aged man, I'm like, oh, these kids got all the luck. <laughs> See, that's the difference. You call yourself middle aged. I just call myself dirty. <laughs> oh, dude, whatever. you've got you've got some things to do. You need it before. There's two things you need before you can consider yourself a dirty old man. First, you need a you need an S box car. Yeah, you need a, a crap box tattoo. car, yeah. and you need a like naked lady tattoo. Until you have either, and I told you, dude, get it on your ass. Why? Because if anybody see you're you're concerned. Oh well, what if I'm at work and people see it, dude? If somebody at work sees your ass, you've got bigger problems than the fact there's a naked lady yeah, but, on it. You know, what? No, see, don't see that's the problem. <laughs> no, the problem is. Is that if I got my ass tattooed, the chances of me showing my people my showing people my ass would be very big now. Oh, please! Because now I'd be showing my ass to everybody. It's like, hey, how are you? This is my ass. You know, <laughs> well, that makes not, not see, like not but like, that only increases the dirty old man. <laughs> not like some people we know that like they mean it as an invitation. I'm just saying, like, <laughs> but, you know. but that's the thing that increases. You want to see my tattoo, and you start undoing your pants. <laughs> I'd be. I'd be showing my ass more than George Michael. You know, is it my butt? <laughs> is it <laughs> That's my a great, butt? Are you looking butt? at my butt? Stop God, looking at my bum. Sketch, bum what, a, what a great sketch that was. Or is he just bum or whatever? It's great. Anyway. Uh, uh, but no, I, it, um, but no, I, 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 I totally, you know, and, I, I absolutely agree. And the other point I was going to make, though, is, and now because, like, you know, going back to the whole tirade we went on before, because the quote-unquote cost of entry is so low now, you can get these kids 
who are like, dude, I love, you know, I love uh, uh, Iron Man. I want to make an I want to make an entire band based on the Avengers. And you, the the, the kid says, okay, well, I'm going to go out and buy a guitar and an interface and make this happen. And it's realistic that they actually could. You know, yeah. it's it's completely yeah. realistic. Oh, it it totally is. Um, and by the way, I still laugh about the Transformer band because I made fun of the Transformer band to one of the members of the Transformer band. I know. And he told me he was in the band after I made fun of them. Um, you know, and I give you credit because you stuck to your guns. No, I looked at him. I was like, well, yeah, but they suck. And he's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, like, like I say this all the time, man. When you tell someone something, when you're like, dude. They suck. No, they don't. Well, you can't bat. You can't go back. Well, well, I didn't really mean it. No, you suck. You know. Um, I mean, I, the thing. I wasn't being. I wasn't even being mean. I was just. I was making fun and busting balls more than anything else. But regardless, yeah, you can't. You can't backtrack. Um, but anyway, yeah. It, it, it's it's. Wow, what a what a another typical episode where it starts. It starts with. Um, with uh, I'm a casual fan of autopsy to spiral into God only knows what, um, <laughs> where we're going with it. Um, you know, what's funny is what, what we want, what, what I was thinking of doing today was just pulling up like a, an article by something like Loudwire, um, and just look at the st stupid people's comments and just see what they wrote. <laughs> oh, because sometimes there's nothing better than reading internet comments. I, I just, man, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't go on social media, but like uh, on the show, I'll, I'll pull up our Instagram or whatever. Like, all right, what, what is, what is going on, um, in, in the, uh, <laughs> what, what is going on online in the world of dumbasses on Instagram um, commenting on things like Loudwire. Um, anyway, I I find that, I, I really, I can't stand social media, but I find that funny. Um, well, and it's funny, it's, it's, it's a, you know, the same reason I don't go on social media is the same reason that, that, like, when we're looking stuff up for the show, that it's so much fun, because I hate people. Uh, see, that's what's one one thing about me that people need to realize. One of the reasons why I'm such an unhappy person. <laughs> no, I mean this truthfully, is because I am a complete and total extrovert. Okay, in the Myers Briggs, uh, if you look up your Myers Briggs type indicator, I am an ENFP. Right, I am. 100% every letter ENFP 100% okay um and and in 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 the extrovert versus introvert category I am 100 I'm not even I'm, I'm not mild no I'm 100% extrovert but I seriously hate the world and I hate people like I seriously straight up hate people I don't hate I say this all the time I don't hate person if I meet you at a show I'll probably think you're awesome. But man, you start grouping people together and I just hate them. I hate mankind. I hate humanity. I'm just trying to be honest about this, you know. You're, um, just, you're just trying to be honest about being a misanthrope. Right. I really truly am a misanthrope. I really, really just hate humanity. 
but I'm an extrovert. So it's like I wrestle with the fact that I I cannot I need to be around people and I need to be social, but on the flip side, I hate them. <laughs> it's it's horrible for me because seriously, like that and, and and like social media is the same way. It's like I'm a social person, so I like the interaction. But on the other hand, I hate people so much that, that that's why I don't use it. I, I only don't use the social media because of how much I hate people, I, I, truly. And I know that sounds like I'm just being a penis, but I, I just do. And people start commenting on just about anything, and I want to flip and slap them. See, what I don't like – I'll put it this way. What I don't like about social media – and I tell people this all the time. I will tell people to their face, I liked you so much more when I didn't know what you were thinking. That's kind of how I feel about people in general. Like, when I didn't know your opinion on most things, I liked you so much more. I really did. And uh, so it's kind of fun sometimes, though, to go on to Instagram and click on a random article and just read what people write. Because, you know, look, I get it. Some people are trolls. Okay. Get it. You got trolls out there. But I don't really think trolls make up the majority of people who post on things like that. There are trolls. Don't get me wrong. The rest are – it's what George Carlin used to say. Think of how stupid the average person is. And then realize that half the world is dumber than that. That is a frightening concept. <laughs> that is a really frightening concept. And if you want proof of it, let's just try one of these. I'm 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 going on to um I'm going on to well actually it wasn't this one, it was I, I believe it was um metal injection I was looking at, and I pulled up so Metal injection has where did it go? No one cares. Okay, here we go. First of all, here this is the breaking news. Ready for this? Lars Ulrich is a fan of the Pantera reunion. Wow. I gotta tell you, man, my balls started sweating at the I was so like, oh man, really? Oh god, woo! I was so worried there for yeah, yeah, oh man, like I was ready to I was ready to collapse because I had Lars not given me his opinion on the Pantera re reunion, I would have flat out died right there. Wait, what did Lars say? Lars Ulrich is a fan of the Pantera reunion. Who cares? No, no, that's my point. Like, who cares? That is the dumbest. But it's its own article. Well, what? 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 What's he gonna say? He's not a fan. Like Lars Ulrich's a fan of anything. <laughs> like, look, Lars does. It's a pointless concept. It's a pointless concept. Like, it's stupid. It, it matters not. But, of course, they brought it up just because they were looking for another way to insert Pantera here just because, A, the Pantera reunion is controversial, and, B, People can go and just be like, racist! You know, they can just yell racist really quickly. I don't give a damn what that makes me sound like. There are people whose entire whose entire day is just looking up hashtag Pantera and just calling people racist. That's all they do, all day. All they do. They, they have their mom make them a sandwich in between sometimes. 
You know, they they might have a wank at some point in time in the mid-afternoon, take a nap, and then they go back onto Instagram just to find people who say Pantera and call them racist. Like, I get it. Say what you want about Phil. It's just, it's an automatic thing. So that's why they put it on there. Only reason they put it on there. A, it's a Friday, and that's what you do on Fridays is yet all the crappy news stories are on Fridays, right? That's how it always worked. They have nothing else better to talk about. Um, and the other one is because it gets Pantera in. But, man, I was reading some of these earlier. Here we go. Pretty sure this is strike three for old Lars. One, kicking out Dave. Two, Napster. Three, this. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. I just wonder if that guy – Like, I wonder if that guy was like – Oh, I'm gonna oh burn! I'm gonna burn him. So you know, like he he probably called his friends like, dude, I just I just burned I just burned metal injection about Lars. There you go, man. I'm awesome. He's probably like, oh, can you can you just imagine? Can you just imagine? That? <laughs> like I'm reading something. Like, you you you've got you've got to be kidding. He also thinks he's good at drumming. By the way, that one has just gotten old. The, the the Lars is a crappy drummer thing has gotten old because it doesn't matter now and it didn't matter then. It never mattered whether or not Lars was good at drumming. Didn't matter. At no point in time did Lars's ability as a drummer really have much to do with Metallica other than it cost him more money in the studio to produce the record because he couldn't play the songs. Like, I get that. That sucks. But I'm pretty sure they made their money back on those records. Um... Uh, 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 let me see. Let me see. Uh, let's. Uh, I had found some other. Oh no! I don't give an f about either of these bands. It's like, dude, man. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what makes this the voices you give the people. No, I don't give an f about either of these bands. Well, I mean, like, I'm just you, picturing you, a guy being like. Hey. It's fat over, you know. Um, I don't give it a what (laughs) seriously, like, what kind of twat waffle goes on Instagram to look up an article just be like, I don't like Metallica? Who cares? Shut your mouth. Well, that's that's a funny thing about social media is it, it, it. I think I read somewhere the most fortunate, the greatest thing about social media is the fact that it gives everybody a voice. The worst thing about social media is the fact that it gives everybody a voice. Like, I've actually, and don't get me wrong, I've been guilty of it too, where I've stopped myself from saying, not a fan of this band. I'm thinking to myself, who cares? Who cares? Like, I don't need to contribute to this conversation. I don't like this band. Like, if somebody asks me, Rex, do you like this band? No, I don't like this band. If somebody puts a blanket statement out there, hey, check out this band, no one needs to know that you don't like them. The only response to that, in my opinion, that works is, hey, thanks, I'll check them out. Or, hey, pretty cool, enjoyed it. Not, or, you know, I would even say, hey, I listened to it, not my thing, but that's cool. Something like that. Not, not a fan of this band, hate it, you suck. Ah. Like, but here's the point, though. Here's the point, though. That's the only reason they go on, and then they giggle like, "I got him, good guys." It's like, shut up, you know? <laughs> I got him, good guys. Check it out. <laughs> Seriously, like that. That's how. 
Like, like I'm telling you, it, seriously. It's like that picture. There's a meme, and it's like a fat guy with glasses, and he like from like the '80s, and it's like, and it's something like, "Mom, where's my hot pocket? I'm yelling at somebody on the internet." Seriously, that's exactly what these people are. I, I, I dare say the word "people" to describe them, but like, it's so, it's pathetic, and like. Are these people that, like, actually, do they, uh, do these people listen to heavy music? Because if they are, man, I'm ashamed. I'm ashamed. Nope. The one guy just said, nope. <laughs> like. Now, I will say uh, this, though. I will say this. There is a such thing as a funny troll. Meaning, no, I get I it. Think there are times, I think there are times when. Because I've it's, seen it's people the first do it. Comment on YouTube. That's what it is. The, the the comment that's at the top on YouTube. That's really a big burn. That's one thing, man. That's one thing. You know, like if you're if you're gonna get on that Reddit page that just makes fun of people, like that's awesome. Like the thing about it is, I, um, I think that it's funny that. It's when, funny when, when it's funny, though. It's funny when it's funny, but I also think it's funny to set people off. Like, I, you know, the thing is, I generally don't like, I think some trolling is funny. And it's the same but thing for as. For the record, these people aren't trolls. These right, are just right. numb and, nuts. and that's the thing. Like, for instance, this I can whole at least respect the, the, a troll. You've got, you're doing something. The, you're at least being like, well, I'm going to F with this guy's exa- afternoon. Exactly. It's like you grab your juice. You sit down and you're like, I'm gonna mess with these people, and I I respect that because you can always tell the people who are just there to like stir the pot. Oh, that's fine. I mean, again, that's at least one thing. That's not just being like, oh, well, I just have to say that they suck. I mean, if the world's greatest burn is not Pantera's crap. Oh, thanks. Congratulations. <laughs> no, I mean seriously, I've like seen you boobies in real life. I'm guessing no. But but you know but I but the the thing I've seen most about this Pantera thing is people will people get so upset like about when people say this isn't Pantera and I think oh, I see that a thousand times and that's those are the comments I love because I get it I understand for some mm. people this will be the only way they will ever see Pantera I understand that. I will never see Metallica with Cliff Burton. I will never see Ozzy with Randy Rhodes. I'm over it. Oh. I accept it. But guess what? Like the the fact okay. of the matter is, if you were to say I'm going to see Ozzy Osbourne after Ozzy dies, and look, I'm I'm not. I, look, I think this Pantera tour is great. Why? I think it's great that there's kids out there who are going to get to see this music live. You know, you and I always say the biggest disappointment we have about Halford joining Judas Priest is the fact we will never hear the Halford songs again. And and the same thing with Bruce Dickinson. You know, Bruce, I mean, Bruce is actually releasing a solo album, I guess. So you might actually get a chance to hear his solo stuff live. But point being the biggest. I do have to follow this up, by the way, with something really good. I was going to say the biggest the biggest deficit some with some of these bands is you say, gee, I'm never going to hear that live now. I will say, based on what I've seen in video clips, there's a big difference between Charlie and Zach and Diamond Vinny. You're just not going to get past it. You're not going to get past it, no matter how... Because Zach's not trying to be Dime. Vin, you know, Charlie said he's going to try and be as much Vinny as possible. 
Zach's up there playing Pantera songs as Zach. He, he's and that's fine. That's cool. So I'm happy that there's going to be a group of people that get to see Pantera. Unfortunately, again, it's going to be like seeing Zach Wilde play Crazy Train. It's cool to see Ozzy singing that song. It's cool to see Zach playing Crazy Train. It's not like seeing Randy play Crazy Train, and it never will be. It, it's great to see Jason Newstead or 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 Robert Trujillo get up there and play Orion. It's great. It's cool. It's great that you get to see Orion live. It's never going to be the same as hearing Cliff play Orion, and it never will be ever. And no. you gotta accept that. You've gotta accept that. Did you see Pantera? Sure. Did you see Pantera? Did you see like? If you if that makes you feel good about checking that box, awesome, cool, I'm behind you. Go for you, man. Go you. As long as you're not a douche and you don't sit there and say like, I saw Pantera. And I think a lot of times people get so defensive because people will say, I saw Pantera with Dime. Well, I saw Pantera too. Just because it's Zach and Charlie you know what? doesn't mean it's not Pantera. The, I, and for you, you know to what? say that, and they get so pissed you, off and you, angry. You, you seeing or not seeing Pantera changes nothing about me. Right. I saw them, and I don't care if you. I don't care what you're. What you're thinking. But by the way, I want to. I want to make a, a a drastic contrast to what I just got done saying. Right. Now let me let me give you another example of what you were saying. Like when you're like sometimes people are trolling and sometimes they they actually do have a really good burn. I'm going to use a really horrible example of one, but I just was looking at metal injection and there is a story that I am not going to make fun of it. But I am going to read some comments of other people making fun of it. So I'm not the one that's being a you know douche, okay? Here's the story. Def Leppard's Rick Allen assaulted outside of a hotel in Florida. Now, of course, the, one of the first you read is, who cares? It's like, all right. <laughs> I've, got a, I've got a good one, but go ahead. No, no, no. Let me read some. So someone was like, who cares? Okay, right. You suck. But then you see a couple of people that go, too bad Rick wasn't armed. Hey, I, <laughs> I, I bet he could have used a hand. You know, like, okay. That's worth writing, dude. I, I'm, I, if it's a I'm, look, I'm a huge Def Leppard fan, huge fan of Rick Allen, always will be. But that's at least you know the whole nope, <laughs> no, that's being an idiot. Nope, like uh, someone probably posted nope, and I, and someone else probably posted. Well, what does Corey Taylor have to say about it? Well, they would if it was Loudwire. But again, if you're gonna do this, at least be funny. At least be funny. You know. I mean, that's that's one thing. Be original. Oh, so here's one. Did he draw his sidearm? You know, that's funny. Um, <laughs> I, I, was, like, I was I was immediate. My mind immediately went to the fugitive. <laughs> who who did it? The one armed man. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know. <laughs> Put them up. I'm trying. You know what I mean? like, <laughs> put them both up. Uh, <laughs> put, put up your dukes. I ain't got no dukes. I ain't got no dukes, man. I ain't got no dukes. I ain't got no um, dukes. And by the way, like, if I'm not... Okay, wait, wait, wait. Let me Google this really quick. Hold on. Um, if I'm not mistaken, he was... Okay. Now, by the way, I don't feel bad... Using the 
Rick Allen story as one that we can make fun of. Because in fairness, he was charged for like beating his girlfriend in an airport bathroom or something. Who was? So uh, Rick Allen. Oh man. Yeah. So you mean she couldn't take him? <laughs> I guess, you know. I mean, I'm not making jokes about what happened, but I mean, literally like I mean, he clearly wasn't putting her in a full Nelson, you know what I mean? Like oh, I I <laughs> No, so so anyway, I feel less bad about making fun of him being assaulted because he did beat a yeah, anyway. That's not, dude, Nickelback wrote a whole song about not beating women. Maybe Rick Allen needs to listen to more Nickelback. You poor, do, you do, Rick. Poor guy. There, everybody's probably just like right hook, right hook, right hook. <laughs> He's got no defense. Oh, I, I got no dudes. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why that's so funny. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I got no dudes. Um. Uh. Oh. Oh. Wait a second. Nope. That's why they posted it. God, I'm an idiot. Did you see that? I fell for it. I fell for it, dude. I'm ashamed of myself. Legit, I am legitimately ashamed of myself. Why did they post this article? Why would Metal Injection post this article about Rick Allen being attacked? Why would they post it? Because mm, he's only got one arm? No, because it happened in Florida. Uh. This, way, this way they can make it an entire... Because, and I'm reading, I was like, oh, clearly they posted this just because it happened in Florida so they could get people arguing about Florida's governor. I'm stupid, man. For five minutes, I was laughing. Not at him. I mean, that sucks. At five minutes, I was laughing at comments and I was like, oh, I'm stupid. They only posted this to make it political. I, trust me, if this happened in Idaho... They, they wouldn't even post. Metal Injection doesn't post about Def Leppard. That's why they did it. Hey, folks, if you're nothing if not predictable. I'm Seriously, it's all 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 over now that I'm reading. It's like, up, up. Mm-mm. Yep, I'm stupid. I, 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 I thought for a minute. <laughs> uh, I thought for a minute it was going to be about. Uh, yeah, seriously, if you read these, it's all like. Um, the one guy said, just pour some sugar on it. But yeah, that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> like, like, you know, that's kind of funny. You know, it's, it's, it's funny. Um, <laughs> someone said that's the equivalent of a one legged man in an ass kicking contest. It's like, all right, that's, you know, I, it's okay. You did okay. But again, it's all just going to go down into, yeah, I don't even want to click on this anymore. It's just going to get into Florida governors and blah, 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 blah. I'm stupid. They're political. That's what they do. And I talk about the things I bitch about. Um, oh, God, I almost. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. Let me ask you if I can say this. Um, uh, oh, can I say that? Like why I'm about to vomit? <laughs> go ahead. Dude, I'm clicking on. I'm I am. I'm again. I don't go on social media very much. And I'm on. I am on um, uh, Metal Injection site, and I'm like, Def Leppard's Rick Allen, Ban Ban. Oh, my God. Put that picture away. Kitty's singer is hideous. I, I don't mean to be rude, but something happened, and it had to have been on purpose. Is that like just botched surgery or something? What? The, 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 the face on the singer of Kitty. 
Oh. Is that botched surgery or something? Uh, I don't know. Maybe. Or, or I, I'm, no, I'm serious. Like, that, they're, they're, oh, I'm not trying to make fun, man, but that's just, I threw up in my mouth. <laughs> like, ah, oh, stop. Oh, God, no, why? Why? <laughs> why would you put a picture of that face and then make me see Chris Barnes's dreadlocks? Oh, my God. <laughs> Could there be anything more disgusting on my computer? Oh, my God. I'm I'm done. I'm done. I am not going to spend any more time looking at metal injection as long as they're going to put the... Oh, God. It's just... Oh. Oh. Anyway, sorry. I, I, I'm going to... I, there are days that I'm really glad I'm an atheist because if there, if I believed in hell, I'd be scared to death. <laughs> I'm like, well, I know where I'm going. Um, oh God. Uh, at least, at least Rick Allen deserves it, and at least Chris Barnes deserved it. The singer from Kitty clearly does not deserve me making fun, and I shouldn't. And I, I actually kind of feel bad. But then I looked at her face, and I, 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 I'm just, I'll put it this way. It might have been wrong. It's kind of like, you know, I've been watching a lot of, lot of Law & Order, and they're like, they're like, well, you know, you committed murder, but it was in self-defense. It was justified. Well, that's kind of how I feel here, you know? Like, I feel bad about making fun of that face, but I feel as if I was justified. Like, I feel it was self-defense. It, it, I, I, it was on my screen, and I, I couldn't take it, and I, I it was, it was just, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a reaction. It was a crime of passion, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. Oh man, I'm I'm seriously the worst person in the world. <laughs> I I I I. Uh, no, I'm serious. I'm 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 that terrible of a human. It it. Ugh. Anyway, um, <laughs> I don't know. I sometimes I just uh, seriously though, man. I I. Can we can we just be better than that? Can we be better than that? No. All right. By the way, there is something I, I, I need to talk about this with. Now, um, as you know, and I, I don't talk about it as much, um, but the only by the way, the only reason I don't talk about about the, the going to Vakken all that much, I mean, I know I've mentioned it, but I don't talk about it too much because um, I'm going, Rex isn't, and this is not the Duff hangover. And so that is a completely one-sided topic. So that's why I don't talk about my trip all that much. Um, I will, you know, after the fact, and I will be sending a lot of stuff to Instagram probably, but that's besides the point. Anyway, so I was talking to my two buddies that are going on the trip with me, and we were talking about how our entire goal is to see Bear Kid. Now, if you are from the, I mean, hey man, he might Bear Kid might even be global at this point. But there was this kid. His name was Bear Kid. Um, he probably had an actual name, like a a given name, but we don't worry about that sort of thing. But when I was in Charlotte, North Carolina, and a friend of ours was in Raleigh, North Carolina, we went to a lot of metal shows back in the day. There was a time when Raleigh and Charlotte would get a lot of shows now it's not so much Raleigh anymore but and then there was this kid that would go to every show with like a dead bear on him like he would wear a bear skin to every concert 
and would like try to tell people he was from Norway. And he would like fake this accent to try to tell people he was from Norway and would wear literally like a bear skin over him as he would as he would go into the, and we saw him everywhere. Every show we went to Bear Kid was there. And it just became this thing where it was like it, it was we would go to a show and just be like, "Okay, you got to spot Bear Kid where there he is." I mean, he was he was horrible. Like, one of those guys were like you know what I mean? Someone that, that tries to make up that they're, you know, it's kind of like I, we went to a Catholic school and there were there were guys that were like, "Oh, I'm from the hood." Um, yeah, okay. <laughs> no, you're, <laughs> you're from you're, you're from the suburbs. Yeah, your father is an assistant principal here. You're not from the ghetto. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no, it's not true. No, it's not nah. true. Nah, just shut your mouth. It's not true. Um, but yeah, he was some kid from North Carolina that wore a bear and tried to tell people it was from Norwegian. I mean, it's just it's just funny stuff, man. So anyway, that is my goal at Vakken. Is and and you know he was like, dude, there's gonna be a lot of bear kids. I'm like, I know there'll be a lot of bear kids. But it's been like a decade. So Bear Kid is, I mean, he's like bear adult now. And by bear, I don't mean the other, yeah. I don't mean that culture. No, we're not looking for, um, yeah. It, that's not what we're looking for. But you get my point. So anyway, I wanted to just throw this out because I, I wanted to make sure I mentioned it. I have some goals this summer when I go to Europe. I've never been to Europe. Going to spend some time in Ireland. Going to spend some time in Amsterdam. Going to spend time in Germany, Wacken, all that stuff. It's a big thing for me. There's some important things I got to do. But the most important is that there are 65,000 people at Wacken. And I need to make sure by the time I leave that if Bear Kid is there that I have spotted him. He's basically Sasquatch. And if he's not there, <clears throat> I need to know that for a fact that I didn't find him because he didn't go there. Like, it, it is, there is nothing more important than finding Bear Kid. So, to anybody else who's going to Vakken, find Bear Kid. You, you have to. Just it, It's a, do Duff a favor. Find Bear Kid. I know this is a story that has nothing to do with anybody. It's probably not entertaining and no one cares. I just needed to mention it because it's super important to us. Um that uh <laughs> that Bear Kid is 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 uh is brought back. Um oh man. Anyway, it's another week we didn't take a damn break. What is you know why? Because we would take a break when when our conversation would would um you know what I mean? The, the natural segue point, but I don't know, man. We've just been we've been bouncing around so much. We didn't we didn't pause long enough to be like, oh, take a break. That's a good time. Um, oh, by the way, did you tell people that you now have a leather blazer? Actually, that's for you. No, no, I know, but I'm saying you own a leather blazer, and you are going to send it to me, yeah, so I can wear the leather bla leather blazer and tell fu jokes. Yeah. So I was so. I, I, I love going to thrift stores because sometimes you find some really cool stuff. And I was There's looking no decent one where I live. I'd have to drive like an hour away. But. I was looking at sport coats because I have to go to an event that we're and I have a suit and and I, you know, I was just one of those things where I was like, oh, I'll see what they have in sport coats just so I, I, I literally have like one suit. No, I have three suits, but I have I have two that I really like. Um and one of them has like, you know, 
I, it's a long, I'm not going to sit here and explain about my clothing needs. But anyway, so I was looking at their sport coats at the thrift store. Um, you know, sometimes they get really, I go, I mostly go there for books, uh, CDs and records. Cause sometimes you can find really cool books. Um, like I've got a bunch of Stephen King hardcovers, um, for like two bucks. Um, I've got a couple, a couple cool records and a couple cool CDs for like cents. Um, so, you know, I, I love going there and just digging through that stuff. So anyways, I was looking at the sport coats. I saw a leather blazer and I was like, dude, a leather blazer. And I like looked at it and I'm like, well, it's a little snug on me, but I could probably pull it off. And I thought to myself for a minute, I'm like, well, how much is this thing? And I was like, dude, it's like, and it was on sale too, which even makes it even better. I paid less than $10 for this leather blazer. And I'm like, I'm like, I might wear it one time, but I said, I'm totally sending it to Duff. That way he can sit there and have a leather blazer and tell FU jokes. But you have to do something. I know we don't show our faces. Like, we don't, we stop showing our faces for the podcast just because, again, we have private lives and we'd like to keep it that way. Um, you know, I, I don't want to mix my personal life with the podcast only because, you know, it, it's. It's not that I'm embarrassed about the podcast or anything like that, but no, it actually, I'm not embarrassed about the podcast. I'm embarrassed about my face. <laughs> well, I'm saying for yeah. us, it gives us more freedom to not, you know, it gives us more freedom to have discussions we want to have and talk about things we want to talk about without thinking to myself, what if my boss sees this or sees me talking right. about this? But well, and yeah, no, I I, I completely and, agree. And not that we're doing anything dirty or wrong or filthy. I mean, you know, well, it within reason. Um, but at the same Speak time, like out there, homeboy. At the same Walk time, on home, boy. at the same time, you and I, you and I have have you know careers, and you know we we just basically our career is how we maintain our I livelihoods. I own a home. <laughs> yeah, I own a home, and you know this That's is our a hobby. Club reference. I, but at the same time, it's a hobby that we put out in public. So it's one of those things where I never want. I yeah, I know that you and I never want to put ourselves in a position where we have to choose between our hobby and our careers. So it's just best that we just. You know, keep the two separate as possible. That's why we. That's that's one reason why Rex and Duff are hosting this show. Um, well, yeah, I so, mean, it, it was it was the big that that was the 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 the, the big change. There were, there was a few. But most of them were just kind of like let's talk about music more, boobs less. Fine. It, this show still has hogwash and filth, but it's not it's not quite where it was, and that's on purpose. Right. Okay. For anybody who feels like we're we're cheating out of it, there's a reason for it. Um, but. It, 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 I agree with you completely. It, it does two things. Number one, it does get rid of that paranoia from the fact of like, eh, you know, someone could hear this and get mad at me. Well, like my old job, it was a bigger problem at my old job as it was now, is my current one. But my old job was a world of people that are offended by everything. So part of me was like, well, they're not going to listen to more than eight seconds of my show because the title of my show is going to offend them. But it's so it's it's it but it, it's not even so much it's more just like i feel like like you said we have way more freedom now and it's it's kind of because i'm not as paranoid um but also really we just have more freedom we don't have to i, I at no point in time are we ever fake you know our our we've always said that our show personas are hmm they're they're us for sure. They're honest for sure. In fairness, they might be slightly, definitely me for sure. Exaggerated versions of ourselves. Yeah, we always know? say they're us on eleven. Yeah, I mean, I used to say sometimes it was a mild caricature of myself, but that's it. It's us on eleven. You know, we don't. 
it's not phony. We're always really straight up and pretty honest. Admittedly, I can tell people if you meet me in public, you might go, eh, you're 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 a little more chill than than I would expect. It's like, well, and I'm not gonna walk up and be like, hi, let me see your boobs. You know, well, well, okay. depending on where you are. are. Yeah, let's be fair. <laughs> Done that many times. Um, <laughs> I have scars to prove it. But uh, that's you know, totally fine. Um, but. I don't know. I don't know where where I was going on this, but that that's just it's it's important to um it's certainly it's important to me now. But oh, that's what you were gonna say. Um, see, this is where. So let me say this about about Vakin. I'm gonna take a lot of photos, a lot of photos. I have something like five terabytes worth of space that I can put stuff on. I'm gonna take a lot of photos. Photos. I'm gonna take a lot of videos, and I'm gonna take you know a bunch of selfies and I'll take pictures of my friends I am unless there is something that is so cool that I have to post it I'm probably not going to post pictures with me in them um, I always like when I post my picture of Eddie as me on a Halloween I just put one of those emoji stickers over my face um I, I mean I could do I could just do like Doyle and paint my face when I get up in the morning but I will say this um, to those of you that listen to this show that are people that we've known for a long time, people that have been around for a while, um, I am I am Facebook friends with some of you. Um, I will probably be like, okay, here. I might I might send some people that that I that listen to this show that I've go I've over time that I have gotten to know, um, People that we you know we we we've talked to and that sort of thing. I will probably send you, like, oh my, here's some cool photos of our group while we were there. Um, but I'm going to avoid unless, like you said, something like that. I'm going to avoid posting pictures of me at Vakin. But I will post a bunch. I should probably make a separate Instagram account just for the eight million photos I'm going to take. Um, but you know that's that's besides the point. Um. I, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I don't know, man. We, I, I booked the, the Guinness storehouse the, the, and the connoisseur experience. Um, so we're going to get like the full, you go into the other private bar and it's, it's going to be, it's going to be pretty awesome. I'm looking forward to it. So I will send a bunch of pictures. The whole point but, of what I was saying though, was anyway, about the leather blazer is either way, you've I got, you, you have, you have to do something, whether you wear a mask or something, you've got to put on the leather blazer and tell F you jokes. <laughs> Like, dude, you got to make it like your first stay. By the way, I know that it's a dice line. I know that this is something dice said about Bob Saget. You should seriously release a quick five minute like Duff presents a, le- a leather blazer and F you jokes and do like a five minute stand up. Oh, man. It, it would it be would... so epic. I would support that fully on our the, Instagram. The, 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 the leather blazer and F you jokes is a reference to Bob Saget. But, dude, he I heard Bob's... him. He said that. No, no, and no, I was I... like, dude. Leather blazer and fu jokes. That's tough. Like that's tough. I I only say that because I'm just explaining to people what leather blazer and fu jokes. What that means is that's what Andrew Dice Clay said about Bob Saget. Was he his his show? You know, um, what was it? Was a show of he'd wear a leather blazer and tell fu jokes. Uh, That'd be like if you were like whiskey and hockey. You'd be like, well, that's Rex. (laughs) You know what's funny is I was um I was transferring a bunch of old. Uh, pictures that you know from our band and all this stuff that um, I had on a hard drive. I wanted to put it in the cloud because again, never hurts to have an extra copy. 
And I'm like, you know, the old the old story is true. There is not one picture of Rex. Well, this is not true. There's a lot of them you're playing you're you're playing guitar. Well, both my hands are occupied. Right. If you are not playing guitar, you have a bottle of whiskey or a shot glass in every or a beer. Photo. The one you sent beer. me, I had a bottle right. of Bat Blue. There, there, there's some beer sometimes, but damn near every photo, you've got at least a fifth, if not a half gallon of whiskey in your hand. <laughs> um, and, 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 and most likely, and the caption to every photo. I got one now. <laughs> no, do you know what the caption to every one of those photos is? Hmm. Everything's all right now. Now, now that, that I got, got my, my baby. baby. That, oh, that mother the, glory. That is the that is the caption to every photo I have of you um, <laughs> with, with uh, by, by the way, though, do you want to know why I laughed really hard? And I will not implicate anyone other than myself in this. So, I, again, I'm, I'm looking through, and I have them stored on an external hard drive, and I'm like, I want to put these up. Um, yeah, make sure you share those because I'm I lost all mine. My hard will, drive, my hard drive died, and I lost all of my band photos. I will I will start dumping a bunch over into into the our cloud or something, and so you can get them. But I'm going through, and I'm, I'm like, you know, it's nothing like stumbling upon a picture of when I was probably 18. It was that summer, so I might have been 17, but I was probably 18. And I look and I go, oh, there's me. There's me and a woman has her boobs out. There's me with the woman and her boobs out, and I'm licking them in the photo. Oh, I remember that. It's like, (laughs) wow, I forgot I took that photo. I don't know that person's name. I knew who they were, meaning like I knew why I knew this person, like they were dating someone I knew. But other than that, I'm like, this person doesn't have a name. They were dating the Danzig man. Yeah, they just that was boob girl. Yeah, um, but I'm like, I'm like, yeah. There's a there's a picture of me standing next to her boobs, and there's a picture of me. I actually, I'm not licking the boobs in the photo. I'm posing about as to. A, I'm about to. <laughs> and I I will leave it up to the viewer to decide whether or not the lick happened. I know, not. I know the real story. Yeah, I was there. I, I, I think I actually was the one who took the picture. Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yep, you took the photo because I think there's uh, one of me too. <laughs> there is one of you. I wasn't kind of trying to implicate you, but I oh, have whatever. It. Dude, dude, it was like it was seriously like 25 years. It was, ago. It was long enough ago <laughs> that um, you know, it's 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 okay. Um, it was literally like over 20 years ago. Like I, I think I think the statute of limitations. Let is me passed. find. If I can find, um, I just had it, but I gotta find the photo. Um, I'm gonna this this doesn't do anybody listening to this show any good, but I'm gonna send it to you, just because it's that cool. Um, but you know, I don't know. Man. I know the it's, picture. I think I actually have that picture. Um, I think no, I, I don't know unless one. But well, I'm gonna find. I know. I know you know it. I'm just gonna find it so I can send it to you. Um, that way, if you don't still have it, I still have it. But, uh, but no, I, yeah, I was gonna I, say like. You know, it's uh, I don't know, like I, I don't know, like it's this show has has gone through a lot of uh, of you know evolution, like from the very, very, very first episode where it was like you know coffee with coffee with a couple of metalheads to you know the the like this you could get boobs boobs you know like that's, that kind of that's stuff. a good impression of me it was pretty much uh to to its current state and I, I think its current state we found that happy medium uh we we bring out the hogwash every once in a while but you still try and stay focused on the music and i hope some people get something out of it 
Um, I think today's uh, discussion, for instance, particularly about you know how where metal comes from and all that other stuff, uh, why why there's like theme bands, and I think that's a topic we could really probably go even more down a rabbit hole. Yeah, if we maybe, really maybe dug next into week we'll actually talk. This week we talked about the existence of theme bands. Maybe next week we'd actually talk about theme bands. That would be. Uh, that would be a kind of fun topic, actually. Maybe we'll talk about theme bands next like week. Like Viking and pirate. I, I say write that down, but cowboy. We're not going to remember. Well, I'll put it in the show notes. Put it in we the always, show notes. We always, someone eventually. We'll, we'll be like, oh yeah, I remember talking about that kinda. I was probably drunk, but uh, no, I mean it's it's definitely fun. Um, yeah, What's you know, funny is I'm trying to find the picture with you in it. I'm excited. Because tomorrow I'm actually going to go down, go to the arcade. Uh, every single time saying. I go to the arcade, we have an arcade. Oh yeah, no, I know that one. That one I know who exactly who that was. No, 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 no. But the, um, the one that I thought there was a photo of you with the person that I got a photo with. I, there was, and I look really embarrassed in the photo because you know oh, me. I'm trying to see if I can find it. I don't know if I have it. I was, and I by the way, me. this. By the way, you you talked about having a having a, a, a whiskey in my hand. The photo you sent me, I don't have whiskey in my hand in the next photo from the series because I'm wearing my Chicago Blackhawks jersey in the next photo I'm chugging a bottle of Jack Daniels oh yeah yeah no you 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 literally set it down to take the photo that's yeah. the only reason not in your hand <laughs> and I was just and the funny thing was that night I was just drinking a bottle of Jack Daniels like a normal person would drink like a 20 liter of coke or something or a 20 ounce coke like I was just sitting there drinking Jack Daniels oh to be young again um no, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, um, oh man, this brings back memories. You know, it's like I, <laughs> man, to be crazy and young and have nothing to lose. Those are the days. Um, yeah, yeah I, mm, I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah, because the next photo in the series is that one. Yep, but I'm literally you chugging should, you know, a bottle you of do, Jack Daniels. You you have to post the one I just sent you. You again, you can you can um. You know, block out your face, but that is a photo you should totally post. What's funny or, or, is I or or this one actually. Hold on, that's not the one. The one in the series you need to post is this one. Post that one. What's funny Stupid. is I don't have that Chicago Blackhawks jersey, but I have a Chicago Blackhawks jersey. So that one actually got ruined. I forget how, but um, no, well, I mean that you know this is this is me one year out of being a goalie. Um, so, uh, you know, being, so I don't know, but you know, I, uh, I'm, I'm, you know, there's a, I, I'm excited, you know, all this stuff aside, I'm excited. Well, actually, and, and also, well, yeah, you know what? I could recreate both those. Uh, the second one would be a little bit more difficult, but the first one would be easy because the, the second one actually was staged. I was pretending in that one. Yeah, I know you were. Um, and I know the, the, Never mind. I'm not. You know what? I'm getting a little too open with these. I was gonna say, and the the story about the jacket next to me, and I was like, eh, maybe that's not a show. Then maybe that's not a story for this show. It's a story for after the show. Um, yeah, it's pretty much a story for. After anyway, so, um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we had a really cool conversation tonight. You know, it, it's funny to think that in a, in in the modern world, it's easier than ever to make music, and it's harder than ever to find good music. And when I say good music. Because of, you know, the record, you know, the record industry now is scared. Why? They don't sell albums anymore. It's all singles. iTunes changed, iTunes changed the game 
Um, you used to be able to put out an album with two great songs on it, sell the album. People would get pissed that there's only two great songs on it. And that's the end of the day. Now people just buy the two great songs. So the reason you're starting to see a lot more manufactured music, and it's funny because there's uh, there's a guy on YouTube I watch. You would probably get annoyed as hell with him, but he is he's hilarious. He's a guitar guy. His name is Stevie T, and he does talking about, but he, he, he he's like he he always kind of talks like this and every and I I'm even like sometimes like okay dude tone it down. He basically in some of his videos releases parodies of like. Here's the formula to create this band. Here's the formula to create that band. He literally did a country song. I'm dead serious. I was watching. I've seen the video before, but I watched it again today. Dead serious. If he were to tweak the lyrics to be less flat out making fun and more kind of tongue in cheek, like it would be a top 40 country hit. He did a slipknot called Nip Slot. He did a slipknot song where he wrote a slipknot song. And he actually got Corey to do vocals on it. And the funny thing was, it was making fun of Slipknot. So I give Corey credit for that. Corey, he, he, Corey did vocals on a song that was literally meant to say, here's the formula to create a Slipknot song. So I give Corey credit for that. But uh, anyway. He seemed like a cool dude, though. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I actually almost bought his first book. Um, I, I'm interested. It's probably to really read good. It. Yeah, I, I'm sure it is. He's, he's a smart guy. I mean, I, I've no, I, I, I like... The first Slipknot, and I like Iowa. After that, I could take them or leave them. Um, I might give them another shot because you know how it goes. You hate albums the first time you listen to them, and you listen to them again, and suddenly you're like, oh, okay, maybe. But point being is that my whole point in bringing all this up is, you know, nowadays there's so much – everything's a formula. Now, I, I, I want to clarify. There is a difference between a formula and what we call a peanut butter and jelly band, meaning – there's a difference between saying, well, we know that this is the key a song has to be in. This is what you have to sing about. And this is this this is the ideal tempo to make this song a hit versus well, we're, I, we're I, a band that we just kind of do our thing. I, I, I've said this before, but I, I don't remember where I heard it. But there was a quote from some somebody famous that said. "Um, It was. uh." Music is art. Pop music is science. Yeah. Because when you think of like modern pop music, it's science. It's literally manufactured with like they, they literally use like neurological research to manufacture. So and that is that is not a joke. Well, you know, and I and I, I know it sounds silly, but look at the Lego movie too. And the reason I say the Lego Movie 2, they put that song in there. This song's going to get stuck inside Joe. This song's going to get stuck inside Joe. This song's going to get stuck inside Joe. Head. And sure enough, you hear that song and you walk around the rest of the day going, this song's going to get stuck inside Joe. This song's going to... You can't help it. You could detest everything about the song. So when I'm out there playing hockey, when I'm in, when I'm in goal, I, I tend to like... And I, I don't, this is going to sound stupid to some people. I listen to music in my head, meaning, you know, I, there's I songs too. playing in my head. Like, cause I'm concentrating. So when I'm concentrating, I, I, you know, sometimes for some people, you know, focusing on something like when the puck's not in my end and I'm not focusing on the shot and I'm not, I'm promise I'm not going to turn this into a hockey conversation. I like listen to music or kind of in my head. I don't have headphones in or anything. 
to keep my attention on the puck, like to keep my attention on what's going on. So I don't start like drifting and like, you know, I don't, my attention doesn't waver. So I've noticed that there's music I want to hear in my head and there's music that I actually hear in my head. And the funny thing is I get pissed at myself sometimes because I'm like, I hate this song. Why is this song in my head? And it's always something that like when I sit in my car, when you first turn it on, the radio comes on, right? Before my iPod engages and I listen to what I want to. So you hear those few clips of songs or you'll hear them in movies or whatever. And it's always some stupid pop song that I hate that starts like getting in my head and I'll have to like force myself to like think of something else. And it just goes to show you that I hate generally I hate modern pop music. Can't stand it. But I will tell you, psychologically speaking, it's for a lot of us who listen to heavy music, it's a conscious decision to not like pop music. Why? Because psychologically speaking, that music is built to appeal to us. Even if we hate it, if we can't stand it, we hate everything it stands for, we don't like that genre of music. It is literally built to hook into your brain and and to repeat itself. Well, I mean, yes, th- that's... I, I, I dare I say it, 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 it might not be the exact same thing as you would like it, but it is designed to trigger, you know, certain brain responses. They do, I mean, advertise, uh, movie trailers are, 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 are done that way. There are firms <laughs> that, um, that that's what they do. Get they, down. They do, they do. Well, I'm serious. That, that, what, that's what they do. They do legitimate research to, test you know brain waves and things like that it's 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 crazy it's actually why in a lot of movie trailers you'll see scenes that aren't in the movie yeah like like in flipping mighty ducks 2 there's a scene in mighty ducks 2 that was in the trailer it was never in the movie i don't remember what it was but i remember seeing it and going what there was a scene and then i watched it like a hundred times it was not on there the Marvel movies are notorious for that. They have tons of scenes in the movies or in the trailers that aren't in the movies. There is literally a scene um, from Avengers Endgame of all of the Avengers, including the Hulk, like the actual Hulk running towards the camera. The Hulk was not in Avengers Endgame at all, ever. But that scene's in the trailer. Yeah, it's um, it's annoying. Yeah, and and that's what pop music does. It's formulaically built to hook into your brain. And even if you hate yourself and hate your soul and hate everything about life because you get some stupid pop song stuck in your head, and I'm not saying you're enjoying it. Like, I'm not saying you're walking around going, this is pretty cool. I love this song. You'll well, no, do anything to get not, rid of it. You might, you might not necessarily like it, but that doesn't mean it doesn't trigger a response. Right. It, it's like getting the freaking flu. You don't want it. You want to get rid of it, but you can't. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, it again, it's because it's science. Yes. Yeah. It it is you know, you don't see you, you don't see, you know, uh, trust me. If 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 Metallica if any band would do this, it's Metallica and they don't do it. You know? Like, well, actually, you know how you know they don't do it because and I hate to be cliched, but um yeah, you know what I mean? Like, St. Anger is proof that they clearly didn't do, like, 
like like stimulus response to a sound. Um, and I'm dude, I'm not jumping on to make fun of Lars's snare drum in that, but I mean, clearly everybody hates the sound of it. Like it is universally despised. The, well, they the sound were trying of Lars to do the opposite of that, though. Well, like, right, right, right. But what I'm saying is, though, like even Metallica didn't do this yet. <laughs> you know, like well, so the clearly. But the funny thing is, like a guy like Bob Rock, he understands that and he knows how to do it. And that's why, why so when Metallica came to him, he said, all your songs have to be three minutes long. They have to be X tempo. And this is what they have to sound like. And you listen. Yeah. And, and that's why the Black Album to this day is one of the best selling albums of all time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like, I mean, sure. It was, it, he didn't have I'll focus. It, it was calculated. Yeah, he didn't have focus groups, and but he understood. I mean, look at the albums in his, under his credit. I mean, look at a guy like uh, Desmond Childs. He knows how to write a song that, yeah. whether oh, he, you yeah. like it or not, oh, you're yeah. going to end up singing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's very good at that. Um, I mean, that's just what that's just what happens. That's the way it um you could hate works yourself out. you could hate yourself for singing a song like uh, let's say like living on a prayer you could detest bon jovi hate that song hate the album slippery when wet but you know damn well that it, when it comes on in a bar you're gonna go whoa we're halfway there or in your head you're gonna you damn I mean, well you know you're like, gonna like it's one and of those if things you don't like- and if you don't it's just because you're stubborn there are plenty of reasons why we like it or don't like it personally i'm a I've always been a Bon Jovi fan. I love Slippery When, Re- Slippery when Wet. I, I love New Jersey. Like, I love those albums. I could go the rest of my life never hearing them again. I've just heard them too many times in my lifetime. So when I hear it, I'm like, oh, God, that again. Um, but that that's, that is just But you know damn well you're still going, whoa, we're halfway there. Of whoa. course I am. You know, no matter how sick of the song you are, you're singing that part. Tommy used to work. On, I mean, it's a great song. It's a great song. Wow, 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 But no, I mean, but that's what I mean. So you could be the biggest death metal head in the world, and scientifically, you are not immune to that damn pop song you heard on the radio. And I'm, again, I'm not saying you're going to go secretly well, listen to to. Uh, I, I, who's big now? I don't even know. Like, what's the one who keeps making fun of her ex boyfriends or whatever? Uh, Taylor Swift. I'm not oh, saying no. you're gonna be like, oh, I listen to nothing but uh, Pig Destroyer and Mortician, but secretly I listen to Taylor Swift. No, I'm not saying that. But I am saying if you happen to hear that damn song on the radio, you know damn well you're gonna remember it. I know. Well, um, <laughs> hold on. Uh, no, I, I, well, think about, but think of all the songs that you hate, right? On okay, I don't mean songs you don't like. Name every song that you hate, like legitimately hate. You probably hate it for those reasons. You probably hate it because it's a song that you can't get out of your damn head. Everybody has songs out there they hate. They're like, dude, I don't, I can't hear that song. Right, I can tell you one. What one for me? It's not a bad song, but I'm telling. Well, it's not a good song, but the song. Literally, when I make a list of songs I hate most, I always, always, always list one. Um, and there's a reason for it. Uh, for me, it's 
when I get a song stuck in my head that I can't get it out of my head, when it's a song you don't like, that sucks really bad. For me, it's the song Breakfast at Tiffany's by Deep Blue Something. <laughs> and I said, what about Breakfast at Tiffany's? She said, I and, I, and I said, I- what? And I said, what about breakfast on your knees? You said, I think. Never mind. We shouldn't continue singing that. Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> no, seriously. But for me, it's because I worked at a bunch of radio. Uh, I worked at a bunch of restaurants. And that is one of those songs that was always on the Muzak channel. Just like every restaurant I ever worked at, I'd hear it. I'm like, oh, my God, get out of my head. But why is that song so popular? It's so popular because, A, I mean, Breakfast at Tiffany's, it's a good reference. But it's because it's just written, it's that scientifically, it's that scientific song where it's in the right key and the right tempo and the right length and everything about it is just right to where it's stuck in your head. And it's repetitive and gets stuck in your head. I don't even know if anybody consciously liked the song. There's like a- everybody that bought that record, I don't even know if they actually thought about it. It just got stuck in your head instantly. To, to give you, I mean, to give you a little bit of radio insight, like that's why they always called it the hook. Yeah. Like the part of the song that gets stuck in your head Yo, is Peter. literally, literally, radio DJs refer to it as the hook. It's the song. It's the part of the song you're going to be singing the rest of the day. You won't know a single thing about the song, the who wrote it, what song name it is, what album it's on, what any other lyric is, but that hook will remain in your head for the rest of the day. Right. Right, yeah. I mean, there are. Oh man. Okay. Did you write down? Okay. What was it we were going to talk about? You said you'd write it down. A theme bands. Oh, I theme bands. Okay. Let's also talk about. Okay. 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 Yeah. Put it underneath the A. The Vinny's band. <laughs> See, you I don't know. Really the the problem I have with songs that I hate that get stuck in my head is none of them are metal. No, no, I know, but it would still be funny to talk about it. Like, like um, songs that get stuck in my head. Like, I'll be honest with you. Well, I'll give you, I'll give you an example of one that's hilarious. Songs that get stuck in my head, and it's actually two songs in one. First of all, whenever I hear the song, I, I love the original version of the song. I think we're alone now. Like, I think the, we're the, a clone. I think I'm a clone. Exactly. Now. Yeah. But the Tiffany version is one that everybody knows. Like, I think we're alone now. That one. But every single time. If I hear that song, I sing, there's always two or three of me hanging around. <laughs> well, it's the, no, but it's that a, is the, that's the weird owl phenomenon. Yes, exactly. When, when you, you, dude, I can't tell you how many songs I know all the lyrics to the weird Albert. Dude, I know all of the lyrics to Amish Paradise and probably none of the real songs. Gump sat alone on a on bench, a bench in, the in the park. Hello, my name is Forrest, he casually remarked. <laughs> I don't uh, know any of the lyrics is, no, to love. The, the, the best part is, his girlfriend Jenny was kind of a slut, went to the White House, showed LBJ his butt. Um, he's Gump. He's Gump. <laughs> dude, dude, uh, here's another one. Dude, I can do headline news all the way through from memory. Mm. <laughs> there was this guy who made his wife so mad one day that she that cut she off, his, off wiener his wiener and when he, fi- he the best part of that song is still he he couldn't quite explain it it always, always just, just been there mm-hmm. <laughs> what's what's funny though is <laughs> that song is less ridiculous than the real one crash test dummies no it's it's the lyrics to crash test dummies 
are way more outlandish than Weird Al's. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> the warden whacked him so hard. So, no, she saw someone like, who, and when she saw, she saw some. I, I wait, it, saw someone out, who was bad. And 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 then there was, and, and then there was this girl who uh, dreamed one day that she would be a figure, figure skating, skating champion. champion and, and, when and when she finally, finally made it, she, she saw, saw someone who was, girl who was better. Yeah, she. Yeah. And so she pays. I forget. So, so she hired some oh, guy well, to club him in the club knee. In the kneecap. Yeah, mm. it's like uh, uh, oh, the, the, the middle section. And I love. Is, um, I love that. I love that. The, yeah, the, and the, the middle the section farting. is great too. It's okay. I'm not looking to realize the problem with you. It's um, they got paid for their what was it? Um, they got paid for. Hold on. Um, their sound bites. They got paid for movie rights. Um, it's uh that that song is. It's awesome, but no, dude, I'm that way with a ton of dude. White and nerdy. I do not remember. Oh, all I the can sing that entire song front to back. I have no idea what "Ride and Dirty" sounds. Oh my like. god, I have no idea. I mean, it sounds like something I would do. X Men comics. You know, I collect them. Pens in my pocket. I must protect them. My ergonomic keyboard never leaves me bored. Stopping alive with some wheels on Wikipedia. I write it. I added Wikipedia. I, 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 the I best line is, there, I, uh, the only question I ever thought was hard was, "Do I like Kirk or do I like Picard?" That's the, the one I was at the Renaissance Fair. Got my name on my underwear. I mean, that, I don't, I mean, it's more like I know the words, but to do it off the top of my I'm head. fluent in JavaScript as well as Klingon. <laughs> I, 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 I couldn't do that one off the top of my head. Uh, but no, dude, there were so many, there were so many. Um, but when you think, man, I mean, the the lyrics, well, Weird Al is also, he's he's another anomaly um, where he could make parodies of songs that are more memorable than the original and his and have his career outlast the original artist. I love the fact that, and, I, and what's even funnier is if like anybody has seen if anybody has seen his movie that they released, I think what was it on Amazon or a Roku TV, I think it was with uh, Daniel Radcliffe. Because when I first heard, I'm like, they're having Daniel Radcliffe play Weird Al. Like, what were they thinking? Until you realize the entire movie is in and of itself a parody of biopics. So the genius part is a parody artist made a biopic about himself that is a parody of biopics because not uh, not none of it is true he said what's if you're watching that movie if something seems really outlandish that's probably what's true like he's mentioned like there's a few parts of that movie that are he's like well that actually happened but the rest of the stuff is completely completely made up uh, well, weird out rules well like like the fact that that uh he he made um um what did he do oh eat it like they in the movie, Michael Jackson ripped him off. <laughs> he was so in the movie, Beat It was written after Eat It. <laughs> oh man, it's it's, no. it's 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 just awesome. So I mean, but it's funny, like how how, but what the, you know to go back to what we were originally saying is how songs get stuck in your head, and it's it's just kind of crazy how, you know, you'll hate a song, you'll hate it. And you just can't get it the hell out of your head. There have been so many times, like I said, I'm standing on the ice. I'm, I'm waiting for the puck to come down into my end. And I'll be like, not humming, not singing, just mentally listening to a song. And I'll stop myself and be like, why am I like listening to this? Like, it's like, it's almost as though I left the radio in my car on and didn't plug in my phone. Like, why am I listening to this? And I'll yeah, consciously it's... try and listen, quote unquote, listen to something else. 
and I just won't be able to get away from it. It pisses me off. Yeah, it's very. It's 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 well it's it's weird and it's totally annoying and, um, but I mean seriously, the the worst, the worst songs are, and actually we, normally they're like that is the worst song ever. It's the worst song ever, dude. Let's be fair. How much money did the people who made who lets who let the dogs out make? They dude they were wiping their ass with hundred dollar bills off that thing. It's the dumbest thing ever recorded. I do. I, I would. I would love to know how much money they made off that. Yeah, I, seriously, it's one thing. It's a soundbite in repeat. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. And I'm guaranteeing you, they wipe their ass with dollar bill with with hundred dollar bills. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's. Oh my god! What? I don't mean to interrupt you, but you, this is something you'll find. Jenna Jameson lost the ability to walk. She has a disease. Wow. I mean, like... I mean, I mean this I, is relevant I've, I've to you, to not pe- to what we're talking I've, about. I've said that to people, you know, as like a... After this, you won't be able to walk, but Jesus, no, that's not cool. Um, let me let me look this up. That That's... that's horrible man no i mean legitimately that i, I well, just I mean, that, ha- it just popped up in my i mean this apparently is, is a while old it just i just saw it pop up but man i i figured if anybody yeah, shoot, is shoot uh, me a link to what you're reading um because, I, I, i'm I mean, looking well, dude, for it i just clearly, saw like the headline i didn't see like the actual story clearly that is a horrible story about anybody um but dude she played the part of the first naked lady on radio yes she did which i mean oh. okay we will we will forget about the fact that at one point in time she was married to Tito Ortiz. We'll forget about that one. The Huntington Beach bad boy. We'll forget about that. Um, can't hold, we're not going to hold that It's a mental one illness or a mystery illness. Sorry. She's, she can walk again kind of, but not well. Wow. That is awful. Um, as a f- Actually, I'll be completely honest with you. I have a sticker of her on one of my guitars. I really do. It's called Julian Barr or Gillian Barr. Oh, Julian Barr. Really? Really? Wow. Oh, no, but they changed their mind after more testing. That's what originally they thought she had. Interesting. Wow. Oh, so they ruled that out. Hmm. She said there's something wrong with her femoral nerve or something. That's crazy. Well, I, yeah, I, no, well, I don't. I, I don't want to make jokes. Like I don't want to no, make jokes. Yeah, no, I, but, I will make. I will make fun of lots of people, but you know, uh, people who, you know, people who f on film, uh, they brought me a lot of joy in my life, and I, um, I, I almost feel like I, I need to, you know, um, give a moment of silence because she's say what you want about her now. I don't care. Man, that was I used to say this all dude, actually we used to say this all the time. There were there were people who did porn and there were people who did porn and made it look like they actually really wanted to. And she was one who did. You know what I mean? Like you would watch old videos of her and it she was like, "Yeah, this is the greatest thing ever." You're like, "Wow. Okay." You know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like like when when she would when she would do her thing, she really did it with a smile on her face, and I just my my hats my hats off to her for it. So anyway, <laughs> my hats off to her. 
<laughs> My the, the import- hat's off to the, her. The, the importance of her rack can not be overstated. Let's just be completely fair. Um, oh, man. Anyway, I don't know. Uh, sorry. Somehow- sorry, I didn't mean to derail your entire thing. I just well, I, no, I'm, I I'm actually, saw that, and I was I'm like, ooh, this is relevant me. to Duff's interests. I am glad you told me because that is um, that's awful news, um, and I hope uh, I wish her well. Uh, again, okay. I, I don't I care will, what I will make, happened. Th- I will make this life. joke, and I don't it's know not... anything. Uh, by the way, I know very little. I know she was married to Tito Ortiz. That's pretty much the end of what I know about her. Outside of like her, when she when she did her run, you know, many years ago. I will make this joke, and it has nothing to do with her diagnosis. Last I heard, Jenna Jameson is unable to walk, and despite his claims, it's got nothing to do with Duff. Yeah, yeah. That's, <laughs> like I said, I've I've said that before. <laughs> you you ain't gonna s right for a week. No, dude. It reminds me that 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 scene, the Devil's Advocate, is still one of my favorite. So you know, I I finish and th- this girl's walking back. You know, walking to the bathroom. Well, trying to walk to the bathroom, and I've always been like, dude, that's so tough. Oh, dude, I gotta <laughs> tell you this. By the way, by the way, I I, I gotta throw this out and be the last thing I say before we get out of here. So I was watching. Okay, so you you said that you were watching a run of Law and Order SVU. It's on Hulu, and I've just been you know I've been, I've been watching working, it on Peacock. Yeah, well, I've been working a lot lately, so I'm like, I've just I've had episodes playing right. Well, I was talking to I was talking to someone the other day, and I I like to point out like actors that are in things. I swear to God, this is how the conversation went. I'm sometimes I, I I just completely blank on actors' names. So I was trying to describe to someone. I was like, "Yeah, like I like in the last episode I watched that one actor guy. He's dead. He was in it. You know, he's dead." And they're like, "Who?" I was like, "The the guy from Bad Santa." And they're like, "John Ritter, really? John Ritter, the guy." Literally, come the way you kn- describe John Ritter as the guy from Bad Santa, I was like, "Come and knock on my door, come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you." <laughs> but no, they're like, "Wait, wait, wait! Did you seriously just saw, just describe John Ritter as that guy in Bad Santa?" I'm like, <laughs> "Well, because that's the." I'm like, "He was also the, in the Bride of, of Chucky," is, but I'm like, "Yeah, but Bad Santa, like that movie, was the pinnacle of his career." Yeah, uh, yeah. Anyway, that that's and by the way, I'm not joking. Literally, I couldn't think of his name, and the only thing I could think he did, think of him from at the time was Bad Santa. He was he was the guy who was like, um, in the changing room. He said something about not being able to properly. Oh. <laughs> that 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 one look that one look that like sourpuss look he makes in that movie. It's so good. I I I love Bad Santa. I. Um, that, that was a movie. Well, you I are bought. bad Santa. I bought that movie. I bought that movie before ever seeing it. You're, it you're bad Santa without the drinking problem. <laughs> I no, seriously. I, I saw that movie on DVD. Bought it the day it came out. Had never seen it. Didn't what care. I find, what I find Billy funny, Bob Thornton is Santa, and I and I have the same birthday as Billy Bob Thornton, which is even better. What I find funny is the girl in that movie. I forget her name right now. You know who I'm talking about? Like the yeah, main girl. Yeah, the, 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 the f me Santa. Yeah, yeah. She is the mom in Lauren Mighty Graham, Ducks. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and Mighty Ducks Game Changers, and it always wondered to me. You know these ki- some of these kids have seen these movies, and you think to yourself, 
hey, I loved you in Bad Santa. Like, would you say that? I mean, I know dude, you dude, would. Dude, 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 dude. I, see, my, I couldn't be in that because if I was on there, I'd put a Santa hat on, walk up to her and say, so do you want to F me? Like, <laughs> like, you would. No, I know you, I would. But you'd have to be wearing a leather blazer. <laughs> I, you know I would. I mean, come on. <laughs> See that's you know what's funny about Lauren. Can I give you another example about oh, how Lauren funny this- Graham? I think is her name. Yeah, no, it is Lauren Graham. Here's what's funny about this though. When think of use here's a great example. Use Lauren Graham as an example. If you were trying to describe Lauren Graham, you would say she was the woman who played blank, and everybody would say Gilmore Girls. Yes. I'm like... Well, actually, I'd say the mom in Mighty Ducks Game well, Changers. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. But I'm saying, no, 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 no. When she was on the Mighty Ducks, you would be like, oh, Lauren Graham plays that. And someone would say, who's that? You would say the woman from... Uh, Gilmore from Girls. Gilmore Girls. No. For me, I don't even think of that. To me, it's like, no, she's the F me Santa. Yes. That is, no, and, I, and I'm not. I'm not being literally. That is the first thing that I think of when I think of Lauren Graham. I, I've always wondered that though, because like seriously, like I understand adult actors and actresses understand like, okay, you did that role that one time, and you, you, you know, whatever. But the kid actors, and again, like, look, I'm not sitting here advocating for like 12 year olds to watch Bad Santa, but you know, damn well some of them have seen it, or at least you know have looked her up and seen that come up. You know what I mean, like. I'm wondering, like, how, like, the 12 year olds, like, would be like, dude, dude, she's the FB Santa chick. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? I mean like, I've always wondered the, the, that. The problem is, like, I'm 40 years old, and I would be like, <laughs> I saw your boobs. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, you would. I know I would. No, not, no, 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 no. You wouldn't say, I see. You'd be like, I saw them, and, uh, can I see him again? <laughs> I just want to see what you got for me. What? What? I just want to see what you got for me. What? No, actually, let's be fair. Um, if I met her, that's not what I would say. I'd walk up and go, whoops. <laughs> Let me get my monster condom for my magnum dong. <laughs> the best line ever. Oh, my whoops. God. That is the best line. Whoops. Oh God, that is the greatest line in the history of you know movies, the, the, or of TV shows. One of these days, I'm literally going to make a compilation called like, like the Pocket Duff, <laughs> and it's just going to be a bunch of like, what is people want to know what it's like to hang out with Duff, and it's just basically going to be a series of clips like that. you got. You, you should you ought to do that. One one will definitely be whoops. No, the, of course it will be. Like oh, I, I should do that. I should create the Pocket Duff. And it'll were, be just like a series of clips of you, what it's like to hang out with you in a given day. Well, you listen to a steel. You were listening to a Steel Panther song, and you're messaging me, going, "I think you've said some of these before." I'm like, I "No, I, I said that last episode. Yeah. I've said not. I said I was listening to the new Steel Panther album, and I said, not only does it sound like you wrote a lot of this, I think you've actually said this stuff non-ironically sometimes." I think I sent you a message where the very first line of Friends with Benefits, I'm like, if somebody asked me to sum you up in in a song lyric, I think this would be it. You get $35, I get. It's not a bad, it's not a bad bet. You know, if you were to bet on that one, you would win. Uh (laughs) Well, well, but the funny thing, the funny thing um, is there's there's actually more, um, uh, there's actually a lyric that's more so. And that is, let me see if I, I got to find it here real quick. 
Um, you get a place to sleep. I get to blank you deep. <laughs> I was like, but the reason the reason I say that is because it again sounds like something you'd say. Hey, can I have a place to crash? Well, yeah, but <laughs> awesome. It's I didn't awesome. know she did. She did ads for Jackson. Yeah, she oh. did. She did a bunch of them. Huh? Yeah, she did a bunch of them. Name five they, songs. There, <laughs> there are a, there are a. Uh, no, I, I do. I have, I had a decal. Oh, it's the guitar. I um. Uh, the the one base that I built that I took apart, but I had a decal of. Uh, That's what I need to put stickers on of my guitar. On my guitars, I need to put a Jack Daniels sticker on a couple of my guitars. Although uh, tonight, yeah, well, tonight, tonight I am partaking in some Seagram Seven. I'm, I'm li- Oh, oh, I'm making this vow to you. I forgot to do it today. I'm doing it tomorrow. I'm texting the tattoo artist. I'm getting my black tooth grin tattoo. Awesome. I'm 100% I'm committed. I'm committed to getting my black tooth grin tattoo. And I sent you some of the artwork to the artist I'm looking at. He's really good. Yeah, no, I I I completely agree. Oh, and speaking of, I did also um reach out to the artist at uh Joris Tat- Joris Tattoo um in his name's Bram, uh the guy I I reached Bram something like that. I I reached out to him and uh, about getting a, getting some ink done while I'm in Amsterdam, uh, there's a, there's that it's coincidentally like straight up American traditional style, um, but it's just it's incredible. And I'm like, dude, I'm not going to be in the same city and not and uh, you know pass the opportunity to get some great ink up there. But yeah, so it's awesome, man. We'll both uh, you know more ink is always is always good. Um, I love, dude. I love getting tattoos, but that's just. It's just me, man. I, 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 um, I, I love having tattoos, but I also, I just love getting them. Like I love the whole process, you know. And it's not because I like pain. Just you know, when you're really ADHD, the the, the poking calms you down. It's like I could sleep better getting a tattoo than, <laughs> than I could any other time. Um, but uh, well, anyway, I don't know. We've been at this for a while, and I think it is about time that um. I go. I went upstairs and drank another beer. And what can I say? Eat something. Re- relive some fond memories of Jenna Jameson. Yeah. Well, that that's a given. Um, <laughs> I'll I'll go back and forth between Jenna Jameson and uh, Lauren, <laughs> Lauren Lauren Graham, Graham um, riding Santa Claus. Um, but hey, you know. <laughs> oh, I thought Christmas only comes once a year. Um, I do want to say one more thing yeah, real quick, and I, 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 this oh, is the last thing I want to say, just because I happen to remember it. Thank is, you, homeboy. I, I, you know, I know this is not metal, but at the same time, this band influenced a lot of metal bands, and they're still a legendary band. I give full credit to Robert Smith from The Cure. Oh yeah, though no, this is a great. Yeah, the guy I, is I, I literally the fighting Ticketmaster. The guy is literally fighting. He literally says, I want as many fans as possible to be able to get to my shows as affordably as possible. Ticketmaster, he I think he charged what, like 20 bucks a sh- 20 bucks or something like that or a ticket? Which yeah, they is were $20. Is insane. Like for a ticket nowadays to a band that's as big and influential as a Cure playing and, and in my case playing Madison Square Garden, that's insane. Like you can't get $20 tickets till some of the like some of the like uh you can't get 20 like going to see morbid angel for me is going to cost more than 20 bucks at a club 
And I'm not complaining about that. But what I'm saying is Ticketmaster then turns around and says, oh, yeah. And they charge $21 in fees. You literally are spending more in fees to see the cure than you are for the actual ticket cost. So he's been fighting Ticketmaster constantly trying to get fees down. And he's, he's, he legit said they're even putting restrictions in place where in certain states, of course, New York is not one of them because they protect scalpers. You are not allowed to sell the ticket for less or for more, sorry, more than face value. So if you bought that ticket for $20, you're only allowed to get $20 back in return for it. Now, look, you and I are fine with, I'm going to buy something if it increases in value I'm going to sell it at a higher value. I do it with comic books. I do it with, you know, I, I, I really sell don't sell high. It's the, it's the way well, the world works. Look, I don't, I mean, I, I say I do it, but I actually have never sold much of anything that's increased that much. I, if I buy something, I'm generally buying it because I want it. Um, and I, I'm no, actually, everything you own goes up in value instantly, but you never buy it for that reason. Well, that's exactly, well, it was funny. I bought, I bought the stranger things guitar and then, like, the next day, it was selling for, like, three times as much on eBay because there was only a limited number of them. Um, but, right, but, but certainly, you certainly didn't buy But that's it not why I bought it. I bought it because I wanted the Stranger Things guitar. So my, my thing is, you know, I'm a big fan of, you know, okay, oh, yeah, sure, you buy something and it suddenly increases in value. You should be able to sell for what it's worth. The, the, the problem I have with tickets is... A lot of people buy, and it's, it's, I mean, it's the same story as it's always been. You buy like 30 tickets and then you wait for them to increase in value. And, and the worst part is Ticketmaster themselves has started doing this called well, demand pricing, which means, well, oh, yeah. a lot of people want to see this show. It's dynamic which means, pricing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's horrible. Well, oh, a lot of people want to see this show. It's, which the means, it's the way airlines do it. Yeah. Well, but oh, a lot of people, and you know what? Movie theaters are starting to do it. A lot of people want to see this show, so I understand that Robert Smith wants to charge you $20 for that ticket, but I bet you're willing to pay $100 for it. So we're going to charge you $100 for it. Well, Not only are we going to charge you $100 for it, we're going to add those fees, too. Well, actually, and I, Ticketmaster goes one step further, and then I don't, then I need to get out of here. But <laughs> Ticketmaster does one thing further that makes me even more mad. So when I saw Iron Maiden back in October, the show was sold out, right? And... You know, it was a big crowd. I don't know how many people um, that venue uh, can hold, but it's a lot. <laughs> uh, I mean? Prudential Center, I believe, yeah. is sixteen thousand. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, uh, with, with, with on the floor, if you're, is that how it is when when they when they fill the floor? I um, think. It, I mean, because because they close off like half the arena, or at least a, yeah, a, a third know. to a quarter of the arena, it's probably about that. Whatever, you get my point. There were 16,000 people there. The show sold out, right? Dude, for like two months before the show, I kept getting notifications from Ticketmaster saying, um, you think you can't go? We will resell your ticket for you. Like, I they were constantly bugging me to be able to have me sell my ticket on their market. Do you know why? Because I paid ticket fees when I bought it, and they're trying to get me to sell it through them so they can what? Charge ticket fees again. Mm -hmm. They would literally sell the same ticket fees for the same ticket twice. And because I'm selling it at a higher value than what I paid for it, they're going to put a larger fee on it. Like it's, oh man, they're, they're, the, they're the worst. I've said it's this crazy. before, man. 
I have I, my ticket for the Big Four in my hand right now. I paid one hundred and twenty-three dollars to see the Big Four. You know what that ticket would go for nowadays? That would be a five hundred dollar yeah. ticket. Oh yeah, and oh, that's yeah. before fees. Look, man, I will say this, and and I don't talk politics. This isn't a political statement. I'm a capitalist pig, and I don't have any problem with saying it. That being said, I am a capitalist pig when you are using it fairly. When you are when you are engaging in fair and open commerce, meaning when a competition is allowed, they clearly have a monopoly. I don't care. What their lawyers try to say that they don't, they clearly have a monopoly. Yeah, how, name a way to get a ticket without going through Ticketmaster. Right, because they own the venues, they own it all. And also, I have a problem with charging, look, value added. You got right? your fees. Don't charge them again. Well, but the other thing is too, I've always said this. If I go to the box office and I wait in line... One thing, if I want to not do that, if I want to say, screw it, I don't want to drive and wait in line and camp out and go there, I will just sit at home and order it on the internet. Dude, charge me a fee. Charge me a convenience fee. Why? Well, because I could go stand in line, but if but I'm not, I'm choosing not to. I'm choosing to use your service instead of going down there. You should charge me a fee. That's how that goes. But you pay the same convenience fees to go down there. Excuse me, can you explain to me what's so convenient about me standing here? There, there's nothing, you know, it, nothing. It's kind of like, um, it's kind of like uh, hotels in Vegas. Every single one of them charge a resort fee. It's like, like 50 bucks a night you have to pay on top of your, whatever, whatever your hotel costs in Vegas, right? Let's say you got a... Easy number. You have a hundred dollar a night hotel room in Vegas. That's what it costs. When you pay, they will charge you a fifty dollar per night additional fee on top of that. It's just it's just an extra charge. It's not the price. It's just they charge every single person in the city of Las Vegas that stays at any of the hotels in Las Vegas. They charge you like fifty bucks, or it could be more, whatever. Fifty bucks a night. It's a Resort fee. Why? Because why not? <laughs> why not? Why not? And 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 they're, they 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 completely collude with each other. They they are all like, well, uh, you know, none of them are ever going to get rid of it because they they all are just like, well, we all do it as long as everybody charges the fee. No one's going to undercut each other. So yeah, man, I I hate that crap. Um, any you know. Unfair, un, unfair practices, crony capitalism, all that crap. I can't stand it. Um, so, for anybody out there that hates me for being a capitalist pig, you're welcome to. But realize there are limits that even I am not that much of a douche. Um, uh, as much of as much of a Ferengi as I might be, there are some things I disagree with, and the Ticketmaster shenanigans are clearly uh, pretty high on my list. Oh, by the way, Vakin. This is the best part about Vakin. The ticket for Vakin was 299 euro, which the day we bought it, the euro and the dollar were equivalent, right? So $299. Ready for this? Put this put this into perspective of going to a concert in the United States. Vakin Music Festival. The concert itself is four days. Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. Well, all day. 
four days of music. The festival itself starts on Monday. So you can go on Monday, spend the entire time there, and leave Sunday. We're going to get there Tuesday. We'll be there Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and leave Sunday. The ticket was $299. I paid exactly $299. There were zero additional fees added to that ticket. Zero. Parking is included. And so is the campgrounds. I paid $299. That's it. I could literally spend... No other money the entire week if I want to. Why? Because you can enter and exit out into the campgrounds as much as you want to. I could literally not spend any money at the festival at all. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that because I'll buy merch and there'll be stuff I want to do. But seriously, I could, I could cook my own food, buy my own beer at the store. I didn't pay one service charge. And if you want to get rid of your Vakin ticket. Every ticket you buy for Vakken, when you buy each ticket, you have to put a name to each ticket, meaning I can't buy three tickets. I can buy three tickets, but I have to reserve each one under someone's name, and when you get there, your passport or whatever has to be that name. Now, you can transfer them. You can give them to other people, but you got to do it through them. If you want to sell it, if you want to sell your ticket, they do it, and they charge the same amount of money for it. You actually can't make money. Now, some people will be like, well, that kind of sucks. It's like, yeah, maybe. But, dude, there are going to be zero tickets for Vakken Scalped. I paid no fees whatsoever. And it's awesome. It, it's really, really awesome. Like, I, my, I'm so glad they did that. Um, they handled the tickets themselves. And, yeah, it was a mess. Buying the ticket kind of sucked. I mean, I was, I was in the queue for a while and blah, blah, blah. But, man, the simple fact that, oh, no, excuse me, I think we paid 10 bucks each to get ticket insurance on each one of our tickets. But yeah, seriously, no fees. It was great. No fees, no extra parking, none of that jazz. Awesome. Super happy. Now, I mean, we paid for other things. Like, I rented a locker, but that's – I rented from a vendor. I didn't rent it from them. And and we, um, we were renting tents. Like, we paid them, and when we get there, our tents it, – it'll already be pitched for us, and it's going to make our lives easier. It's more expensive. But I can't fly with camping equipment. So, but you get my point. Yeah, Ticketmaster, they can go kick rocks. <laughs> they can go kick rocks. Thanks, Corpse Grinder. Um, so anyway, all right, we've been at this for a while. We're we're past the three hour mark at this point. I am getting hungry. I need some beer. I need some snacks, and I'm ready to. I'm ready to get out of here. So anyway, um, if you like the show, subscribe. You know that. Uh, but anyway, seriously. Um, hit us up Instagram uh, and Facebook at the Heavy Metal Hangover. Um, it has been a long time since any of our listeners have sent us naked pictures of their old ladies, and I haven't said that at all in season two. And I think it's been long enough that I need to say this: naked pictures of your old lady. We like them when you send them, provided they're consensual. <laughs> And over the age of 18. <laughs> Provided to that, you know, no. Um, I haven't said that in a while. I felt I needed to ask. Just don't, don't forget, you know, we're here. But um, all joking aside, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, glad we got to do the episode again. Um, like, we seriously had no idea what we were going to talk about. And as usual, that just sets us up to spew a bunch of hogwash. 
And it's normally, you know, quite a lot of fun. So I hope we hear from you between now and the next time we record. Um, hope you had an, you hope you had a good St. Patrick's Day if you're someone who celebrates that. And otherwise, enjoy yourselves. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go eat. I'm hungry. So anyway, thank you very, very much for listening. My name is Duff. My name is Rex. And we'll see you once again next week on another episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover. Congratulations for actually making it all the way through this episode of the Heavy Metal Hangover with your beer-guzzling, head-banging hosts, Rex and Duff. <laughs>